In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
folks. Welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. My name is Ryan Bailey. This is your Tuesday episode. We've already made it uh, 40% through the week after today. Uh, we still are in uh, the darkness, or what I call uh, the, the daylight savings time BS, where I was I was driving around running errands. I thought it was like 9 o'clock at night. Turns out it was 5.30. One of the most depressing things I, I was so, it feels like you're in a fever dream. Like right that, that first week when daylight savings time hits, your body's all thrown off. I don't know why we do this. It's like, it's like some kind of, I don't know why we do this to ourselves at all. Like we genuinely, like we can't solve anything in this world, but I feel like we could solve this. I mean, nobody wants this. Like this is just ridiculous all the way around. I hope you guys are doing as good as I am. <laughs> Um, how's everybody doing? Is everybody, uh, caught up on Salt Lake already now? Man, there, you know, it'll always be known as pre-Gen Shaw arrest and post-Gen Shaw arrest. And, uh, I, I, I was a guest on, uh, Know That, a great podcast with these two gentlemen that have been on here before and I've been on theirs. And we got to talk a little bit about the Potomac reunion, Salt Lake, Beverly Hills wind up. And I'm just... Oh, man, it was so much fun. I think that's going to be out maybe tomorrow or later this week, Uh, but it's really nice and condensed. It's only an hour. It is so perfect. Uh, uh, You know, me, I just ramble. Like, today is going to be a long one. Yesterday is a long one. I don't know how you guys find time to do it. I I really don't, but I hope that Monday, oh, man, Monday was a fun episode, I think, with Sophie and the Vin Diesel and The Rock. Hey, hey. Hey, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, it's me, Vin. Are you ready to face your destiny to be in Fast 10? Has the, Does anybody know, has The Rock responded yet? Or is The Rock literally like, dude, I actually know how to spell. I know how to do correct sentences. I'll be in the movie. Like, I get paid enough. But like this calling out somebody on Instagram saying you have to do a job because you're part of the, fa- the Fast family. My family doesn't even say be a part of this family. You know what I'm saying? Could you imagine, like, Vin Diesel calls you out on Instagram? My kids call you Uncle Dwayne. I don't, don't bring your kids into this. My God. Whew. Uh, we had Chris Pratt, of course. And, and of course, we did actually talk about the tragedy that happened in Houston with Astroworld. More details are still coming to light. I just say, the only thing with that, you guys, uh, just be wary of all the crap that is put out there. Now, the Kardashian clan are, as they do, and as families do sometimes, they are gathering the wagons. Kim Kardashian made a statement today. Kendall Jenner made a statement today. You know, and that's the thing. I I always question, like, because I, I, you know, I get kind of angry, you know, when I read Kendall's statement or Kim's because I'm just like, butt out, man. We don't need you involved in this right now. But then I'm like, maybe it's your damned if you do, damned if you don't, if you don't, you know, but it, it does feel like damage control. So you're getting a lot of people out there um, saying Travis is so hurt. Travis loves his fans. And the one thing that I keep coming back to um, is that, I mean, I do believe he probably loves his fans and probably never thought this would happen. But I believe he's been warned many times that his crowds are just too dangerous. And for the amount of money that gentleman now is is making, 
it feels like if you want to rage that hard, you just got to make sure safety measures are in place. Like that's just, I, I feel like that's just responsibility once you get to a certain point. And it'll be very curious to see what he does from this point and all the more information that comes out. Uh, obviously, we're not seeing anything more about that rumor about somebody getting uh, somebody that was sticking drugs in people's necks. Uh, we had only had one account of that from uh, supposedly somebody that had worked there, but no other, but no, nobody else has come forward. And the sad thing, the heartbreaking thing is that you just see all those videos of, of the whole crowd or a huge majority of the f- crowd shouting at Travis, stop the show, stop the show. And um, ah, man, it's just. That's just a really tough situation, and I really do pray for all of those involved. It is just I, – I just can't imagine, and that's why I keep talking about it because I just – I go to so many of these shows, and and you know what I always say, you guys? I always say I love concerts so much because it's it's one of the only places that a large group of people are happy at the same time, like genuinely. It's like everybody has this happy – mood happy go lucky and it's like my favorite thing because you you don't have to talk to people you know like you're just there with your friend but you're not talking to massive groups of people you're just you're just having a good time together you can tell everybody's happy and for tragedy to be intermixed with that man i just it just sucks so bad um Let's see what else before we and today, you guys, today's show is so excellent. We have one of my good friends, uh, Chris Medina. Uh, he is just amazing. The dude is uh, if you guys you guys have had had to have heard of Chris many times, but Chris has a very unique talent. Um, he is I always I'm like, you know, the easy thing to say about Chris is a uh, uh, psychic. He's a, he's a psychic. He's a, he's a medium. And I always get this wrong. Um, you know, his Instagram is psychic Chris M Chris Medina. And he, uh, he's the host of course of in your head podcast. And he guests on so many podcasts. He's been on Lala and Rands. He has been on Giselle and Robin's podcast, reasonably shady. He's been on Rachel Zoe's podcast and these, but he's been now on my podcast a couple times. And the thing about Chris is that we go back years. I met Chris. I had a reading with Chris. I met Chris before I did any of this. I met Chris, Chris through uh, a, an old work friend, uh, Molly McAleer, and she had done a reading with him, and she, he was on her podcast, and then I got to do a reading with him, and then uh, we we hung out. like, And it's just one of those things, anytime... I see Chris. It's like no time has passed, and we 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 have been we were born on the same day. He is a soul brother, and I just he he was the first in person guest you guys I've had since uh, the pandemic, I believe. Besides my parents, I could be wrong about that. But him uh, uh, him and his manager came over. They hung in my uh, a very uh, unclean ba- uh, bedroom. What a bathroom. They hung in my bathroom and we got, and it's just like no time had passed. And I just always get such a good feeling around Chris. And we talk about how, you know, how he discovered he had this ability. We talk some celebrity gossip or his feelings on this. And uh, I just, I think 
If you have not heard him, you're going to love him. Uh, he is just a very, very special guy. And I hope he comes on many more times because this kind of just scratched the surface. This is almost like two friends that haven't seen each other in a long time. And we're just kind of being stupid and goofy. I'm being stupid and goofy. He's being very cool. And then after that, we're going to do a Vanderpump Rules recap of last week's episode to get you prepped for tonight. Tonight's episode. And if you if you're not watching Vanderpump Rules, that is fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk you through it, you guys. I'm gonna do that, Brooke. My name's Brooke. I'm Sheena's oldest boyfriend. Yeah, you've you've obviously heard I'm good with accents. <laughs> I was re-watching it today to take notes to do this. And uh, you know, Vanderpump Rules, we talk about this every week. It is I'm hoping it can find its footing because man. That is the show that got me into liking a lot of these shows. Like that really holds a special place in my part, my heart, uh, where Winterhouse is kind of taking over. I talked about that uh, with somebody today. Is like Winterhouse is kind of filling that Vanderpump, that classic VPR, you know, VPR in those first five seasons VPR with like certain moments that are still amazing, and it still has amazing moments. But it's like with family where you get so used to them that it just kind of feels off. And by the way, we've, we're coming off. I think they waited too long. I think they waited too long to come back. And for obvious reasons, they were restructuring everything. So I'm just hoping this is a filler season. Just like with New York, we had a COVID season. And I hope they retool and I hope they figure it out. And I hope they bring some new people in that we actually really care about. I think Charlie is the right track, but we need more of those people. And it just goes to show you how hard it is to truly create something wonderful because it's like lightning in a bottle, right? We're trying to capture lightning in a bottle, something that we recognize as a viewing audience who are very sophisticated now, where it just feels comfortable, where it just feels good to watch. And I know I keep saying, but that's like Winterhouse for me. It's just like, it's not, it's nothing mind-blowing. We've seen it all before, but for some reason, this weird chemistry of people kind of works, Right. And that's casting. And, and and you're like, well, I guess that why wouldn't it work? You have people from Southern Charm, people from Summer House, and a couple of new people. You have all of these elements. You put them in a house with snow, with booze, and fireball, and a jacuzzi, and being hot and horny. Like, damn, that sounds like a good show, right? I'm even, I'm getting horny just talking. <laughs> that's disgusting, Ryan. How dare you? This is a family show. Did you guys like my nephew's rap song? chorus time now got a lot of feedback from it i'm very scared to get feedback from my sister i don't know if she knows that i put it on the podcast yet so i'm a little nervous that i will be getting a call from my nephew's father or my nephew's mother who is my sister and i've seen my nephew's mother literally shit her pants when she was a kid. So it will be hard to get it. I mean, literally, I've, I grew up with her, so I've seen her do wild things. So if she's going to come at me saying, hey, stop trying to make my kid a star. Well, I'm going to say, I watched you shit your pants on a car ride across country with my parents once. And they said, do we need to pull over? And she said, no. And she was like a kid. She's like, no. And then they're like, Kara, don't you do it. Don't poop your pants. And she did it just to spite my parents. And I'm sitting there next to her in the back seat. I think she was six and I was eight. And I was like, and I even knew at that time, I was like, you're ruining it. You're ruining our family vacation. <laughs> but seriously, I think my, um, I think my nephew could be 
with a little tattoo work and just a lot of confidence, the next Machine Gun Kelly. You know I don't like Machine Gun Kelly, but I think he could be a better version of Machine Gun Kelly. So that is, in fact, I'm when I go down there for Thanksgiving, I think I'm going to try to give, a, give him a prison tattoo. Like, wouldn't it be dope if I give him his first tattoo? Like, don't you just, like, I've seen in movies, you just, like... Like take like a paper clip, right? And just unfurl it. And then you heat the end with like a lighter. I think I've seen this in some sort of prison movie. Maybe it was Shawshank. I don't know. And then I'll just like, just cut into them. Like I'll just make a, like, and maybe we'll vote as an audience. What, what I, what you guys think I should give him his first tattoo. You know, it'd be cool if I was like Ryan or like uncle Ryan or like so bad. It's good. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How are you guys? <laughs> How are you guys doing? Are you good? Should we get right into this? Should we? Okay, we'll get right into this. Um, I, I'm going to put all of Chris's information because you can schedule uh, readings with him. And I know he's extremely busy. So, uh, you know, he does, uh, you know, sometimes he's not able to do them because I know he's at that point. But I think he's definitely worth trying to get. And especially when it comes down to the holiday season. But the dude is just a cool dude. And um He's just, uh, I keep trying to know how to explain Chris. He's just a special guy. He's a special guy. He's a funny guy. He makes me laugh really hard. He's very soulful. And uh, he just knows a little bit something about the world different than any of us does, uh, if that makes sense. But also, this is a very kind of silly conversation, and it goes everywhere. Uh, I did this a couple of weeks ago. I have keep meaning to release it, um, but there's just... I, I did too many interviews. And so um, this is a couple weeks past the time I was wanting to uh, air this, but I wanted to uh, to make him the lead guest. So he is our lead guest for Tuesday. His name is Chris Medina, and he is amazing. So without further ado, folks, uh, here is my friend with a magnificent ability, Chris Medina. Uh, so that whole big thing I did away from our next guest because I didn't want to embarrass him uh, because uh, we actually, like I said, have a personal relationship. So I would never do that. So he is my first podcast guest in person uh, because I also consider him a great friend. Uh, Chris Medina, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, this has been a long time coming. It ha This has been years coming. People don't realize that we have been friends for a long time, but friends are like, well, well, actually go like a year without speaking or something like that. But at multiple, like multiple big moments of my life, you have been a part of. Yep. I mean, that's really, you were my only psychic reading I've ever had. And you told me information that changed the course of my life during that reading before I even knew you. That's before anybody ever really knew me. Yeah. Like you were living, where were you living? In Oregon. <laughs> but that's home of most uh, people with your talents is Oregon, right? Yeah. <laughs> But it's always, it's always, you know, a year goes by, but then we pick up right where we left off. There's oh, no awkwardness. No, I saw you. I, I saw you guys today and I was literally like, oh, come in here for a big old hug, you know? And then I was, I'm you already. scared the shit out of us first. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, scared, guys, I was from a balcony and I said hi. And you go, oh my God. Oh my God. Um, and also, I'm, I got a bone to pick with both of you guys here because, you know, last time we did this, we went out drinking and you have a thing after this. And part of the fun and podcast is, is, is getting hammered with you guys in a professional way, not well, in a bad way. Well, but we've got to make sure there is that now it's like the audience is just listening to two friends, just talk with each other, which I, is what I want. I want everybody to feel like they are a part of this conversation. Now, of course you are somebody with an amazing gift. And what I was telling you earlier is that I, I told a friend that you were coming on today 
that shouldn't know you that I, I, I said, Oh, I have this, he has this great gift and he's coming on and, and I, maybe he'll tell me a little something about myself. And she was like, who? And I said, uh, Chris Medina. She's like, Oh, I know Chris. I know Chris. And I'm like, Oh, you actually know him? Like, no, no, I've heard him on this and that. I mean, you were on Robin and Giselle's podcast. Um, is Giselle horrible? Tell me. Cause <laughs> No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> great. They're both great though. They were up for it. Um, but you actually have been on all of these reality show podcasts and affiliation. But the funny thing about you, which I don't think people realize is that you don't watch any of these shows. None. What? Well, you're going to revoke my gay card right now, aren't you? I don't think I have the power to revoke anybody's <laughs> gay card. What? I mean, how would I be in charge of gay cards? I am so straight, you guys. Yeah, I don't watch any of these shows. So when I sit there and after I, I'm on a podcast, <laughs> I'm on a show, I look at these comments, they're like, oh, he's repeating what he heard before. <laughs> I was like, from what? I don't watch it. I mean, that would be, but like, you were on Lala and Rand's podcast, which they've been in the news recently. I don't know if you know that they just recently could potentially allegedly, I say allegedly with anything that's, you know, of course, alleged, have a cheating drama on there. Um, when you're dealing with these people, do you think there's like a certain thing that reality stars have that normal people don't? Is there something that you, you talk to all of these people? Is there something in common besides, besides like really thirsty? Like what, what is it? I think they rush in the game so fast and they lose sight of everything. Does that make sense? Yeah. They, they kind of come in here so fast. They want it all. They want it all. And then uh, relationships. That's just the thing. I mean, they... You know, yeah, they, they have problems, you know, trusting people or the relationships don't work out because they got into it before they got big. And then it just, you know, I mean, is there any difference in your head when you're talking to a reality star as opposed to an actual star? In fact, I know you were uh, also on Demi Lovato, their uh, UFO uh, show. Uh, you were on there briefly. But like, is there a difference with a reality star and somebody like Demi Lovato? Or is it all one big thing? No, completely different. Uh, not to throw shade at the reality stars, but they're a little bit more um, easier to access. Does that make sense? As far as like being able to book a full on reading with them. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Demi Lovato, too protected. Wow, too yeah. Protected. yeah. Well, that's good in a way for Demi at this point to, well, I mean, yeah. to not be able to get to her, I imagine. Um, in terms of your career... I know this has been well-covered material, but for people that might not know you, how do you even discover you have this gift? And, and I also want to, uh, I forgot to mention this, I probably will do this in the intro, is that we have the exact same birthday, yep. that we really do. So I, I feel like we understand each other a lot. Um, I, I, I feel like I very, I can understand you really quickly. Yep. Not that you're not, you're very complex. I'm very complex as well. But, um, but how do you even know growing up that you have this gift? Oh, I've always known. As far back as I can remember. I mean, the psychic part always on as far as like being able to pick up on, um, I don't want to go so far. It's not always the emotion. It's the intention, the emotion, and being able to look at somebody and kind of see where they're at, if that makes sense. And yeah. the medium stuff. I mean, I grew up watching Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, all that shit. And I would get blamed for the medium stuff as like, Oh, you're watching too many scary movies, but that was something that was big. I mean, I had, and I, I know it sounds You're a dream warrior. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, being able to see demons or being able to see that darker side of stuff as a little kid playing, you're playing with my toys and seeing this thing sitting there trying to pretend it's a clown when it's really something else. Now you say the darker side of that, which, uh, I think reality stars are the darker side of that. No, I know. I mean like, no, but like in terms of the darker side, I mean, is this a gift 
or is this a curse to you as you've gone through life? It's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. I have to imagine it's got to be really sometimes um, scary to know things that you know about other people that you might care about or get a, you know, or even when you're just first meeting somebody, it's got to be kind of hard. It's the difficult part. I can read people left and right all day long, people that I'm not, you know, friends with or have a, a real close connection with. That doesn't bother me. It's like you said, it's the personal side. Like, you know, being able to, um, Jay's dad recently had a stroke and I predicted all that stuff right before it happened and dealt with it that day up and seeing all that shit go down and then have to deal with, um, I just did a show the other day where somebody was like, does it get intrusive? And I was like, yeah, I said, try getting ready to, you know, settle in and you want to pleasure yourself because there's nobody around and a ghost comes to you. <laughs> no, check this out. You're going to, is it a hot ghost? Is no, it? A- <laughs> <laughs> This, this is, I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm, um, you know, getting ready. And this guy in his maybe late fifties, early sixties, wearing a hospital gown, looks kind of slow. Yeah. Holding a dildo in his hand, bleeding from behind. What? In a hospital gown and says to me just like this, I shit you not. I hurt myself. Oh. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. How would you ever have sex again? Like, exactly. I mean, like, I, I, I would like, scar me. And that's how I lost my virginity. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it really is one of the, wait, it also was Chris's dad, um, kind of upset. You didn't clue him in on this was going to happen before it happened. Or did you? Cause you said you saw all this happening. No, sorry, not Chris's dad. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. I told him. I told him like a, like at least a month before. I was like, "There's something wrong with your dad." And you know, they they know this guy. They've lived with him forever. And I'm sitting there, and I, I'm thinking I'm going crazy. I'm like, maybe I'm just imagining so much. I'm like, but his energy's gone. There's something wrong with him. Come to find out, he had a massive uh, blood clot on the right side of his brain. Yeah, that ruptured. And if we did not get home in time, he would die. And there's no way he was then in a hospital gown with anything bleeding from no. his hand. Okay, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't. Um, uh, I remember the first time talking to you. Um, in fact, I was really, really, really scared to talk to you because uh, I am one of those people that I don't want anybody. Like I, I want to feel like my life is my own and that I can change it. It's like there's stubbornness. It's like a Taurus, I guess, yeah. stubbornness. Yeah. And, and also that I'm scared to know. I think I'm scared too. No. And I remember you told me that day and, and this is for all the people that haven't heard us talk before. Cause I talked about this on his podcast is, um, you know, you told me um, you're about to go into a really horrible period of years and you, you know, your, your relationship is going to fall apart. You're, you know, you told me all of these things, but you also told me some things that were actually very true and very like, just hit me. And you told me something that nobody else had known at the time. And, um, but I guess I don't know what the question is, but the thought is of like, I did go through everything. And like I ended up getting a divorce. I ended up going through the craziest time I've ever had in my life. And I think now I'm starting to come out finally on the other side of it. And I know you were going through the same thing at the time, but you were, um, you had already been going through the process a little bit more than I had. What are these, like, how do you, how do you explain what you do? Like, how do you, uh, uh clue into somebody, you know? I mean, it's, I call the psychic part of it. I mean, I'm definitely a medium, but the psychic stuff is, like I said, I'm able to look at somebody and see where they're at in present time. Like what's, I always say during my sessions, what's in this person's way in their road of life? Yeah. Nine out of 10 times it's us. 
And so with somebody like you, again, yeah, we, we, we got along really well right at the very beginning. We're very, very similar. And to us, don't rush us. We're going to do this in our own time. And definitely don't scare us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I had to talk to you in a way, not baby you, but also watch my boundaries. And you never want to push somebody. Yeah. So when I'm picking up on somebody and I see where they're at and I know it's going to be difficult, just like I did with you. Told you what was up, but like, let's figure out a way that we can do this. You, you have so many, you know. You were so encouraging yeah. about giving me kind of potentially bad news. Yeah. Because you said this is, there is a way out. You're going to do that. You know, like, it was very interesting is that you did. And it didn't, didn't feel like a... Uh, like an ass kiss or like you, you gave it to me straight, but at the same time you were very honest and saying, but there is this great period of time that you're going to, you're going to learn so much about yourself during this time. And it really meant, I mean, it just was one of the days that really meant so much to me, like psychically. Um, what is one of the proudest moments that you've ever had doing what you do? And how do you like, is there a thing of like, I did a good job today. Is there that for what you do? There was uh, just the thing that happened with Jay recently with his father. Yeah. Um, he was, you know, uh, you, you can see him kind of struggling to get up from the couch. And I was like, you know, what's going on with him? So I tried to help him out and he declined it. He was like, no. And my guys were like, just like this, get your ass over there and make more of an effort. And I was like, fuck. So I got up and I went, I said, let's just do this real fast. Let me pick you up and uh, picked him up and, you know, um, got him situated and I felt like this this shift in his energy and I felt like you know something definitely bad was going to happen we get in the car and I'm still thinking about all this shit going on here and then I was like let me call my friend Heather I want to get kind of like this, these symbols that I'm getting yeah. I want to see if they make sense and my guides were like no you need to call your dad and my dad has the ability too so I called my dad and I was like hey my guides told me to just like this you know told me to reach out to you they mentioned Gramps who you used to take care of as a kid this is what's going on with Jay's dad and before I even said another word he goes oh he's having a stroke and I was like, what? And all of a sudden, it just fucking clicked. Hauled ass back home. If we would have been 15, 20 minutes later, mm-hmm. he would have been dead. Wow. Yeah. So, so that is a good day. I mean, it is a very scary but good day. Yeah. Um, uh, has there ever been, I mean, what, what's a bad day in doing what? Is it seeing the darkness? What do you consider a bad day? Do you ever, uh, I can't get anything on a person? It's never I can't get anything. It's more like they're not there they're not they're not there yet to receive it i did a show with jeff lewis uh, a couple weeks back and he had a kid on there that was like 24 years old and he wanted me to tell him all this stuff about the relationship that he was in you know that it's a bad relationship get out of it or whatever yeah this kid's looking at me and we, I, you and i are similar so you know we have that kind of that feel bad moment for people i don't want to deliver something and have and, this uh... kid, you know so I, he's like you know tell him to break up with him and i was like he's just not there yet those things are the things that get to me. Yeah. I'm going to deliver that news when they're not there yet or look at them and kind of have them tug at my heartstrings. So I try to separate that. How much of that energy then do you carry with you in your day to day? I mean, sometimes that's my, uh, I don't have your ability, but sometimes I have that empathetic thing where uh, people's energy can really like throw me. Like that's why sometimes I love podcasting because I can do it behind zoom or I can hide in my room and I don't, because if I have to like be in front of people or actors or something, you take on that energy. Like, does it really throw you? And and what is there been an experience that like, I haven't been able to move for a week after that. Like that it was so heavy, you know, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I just did Lala's podcast recently. Yeah. And her energy, just like I, I told her, I said, you're making me so fucking nervous because her, ner- her energy was so, uh, all over the place and kind of like um, all this stuff racing in her head and all these questions that she had that was sitting next to her made me, made, gave me like anxiety for like the rest of the day. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And what was Randall's um, uh, vibe like? If he, if she gave you anxiety, was he extremely calming? 
Randall, Randall was kind of like, uh, his energy is more like kind of overseeing everything, kind of like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair, yeah I can see that. I was sure that I wasn't saying anything that was going to rock the boat there. So I had, like, I'm trying to read her and stay within those boundaries. Tell her how your guides say I'm really hot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Come on, you know that's the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> what you say, you know, and this is. I am the novice at this. And I know a lot of people listening are like expert levels because they follow all this. When you talk about your guides, what are your guides? How do you discover your guides? Do you, I mean, like, how do we know who is our, who are our guides? It's, it's that voice. I always say it's that voice in the back of your head that you don't want to listen to that you, that, that, you know, you were going through your shit. Yeah. You knew what was going on. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. Yeah. It's that, it's that energy there. And I, to people like, how do you tap into it? You gotta be willing to listen to it and remember something. This is your life. You have full control over what it is that you do. Yeah. Your guides are never going to put you in a position. Yeah. It's going to be difficult, but how else are you going to evolve? And look at what you, I mean, well, no, that's why I love catching up. I feel like, we should make a movie of just like catching up with people <laughs> with each other for every two years down until the rest of our lives. But what I love about like, I, there's been so many times I've hung out with you guys where it's like, and I, I think there's a little bit myself too, is that I'm like, Oh, you belong on TV. Oh, this is like perfect for TV. And we were just talking a little bit about before we started about, you know, people don't have this imagination. They want to put you in this box. Oh, you're Tyler Henry. Oh, you're the, the long Island medium, you know? And it's like, well, no, you're Chris Medina. You got your own thing. People have such low imaginations in terms of entertainment business for people that have supposedly work in imagination, you know? Well, that's my thing. No one's ever done. I mean, you see this on Netflix, like psychic kids, but it's more like the medium aspect. They're talking to ghosts. They're not really doing the psychic stuff. And the reason why, and I'm just going to throw just a little bit of shade there, is because there's no way to fucking validate what they're saying. Yeah. How are you going to get a ghost in the room and say, is this fucking true? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did get that ghost. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is hard because, you know, at the end of the day, it's got to be hard really doing what you do because it's so easy to say, well, that's bullshit. You, hey, you studied up on Vanderpump Rules, you know, like, it's so easy. It's not math. It's not like, well, two plus two equals four, you know? And also, I want to go in harder, but you have to understand something. God, Andy Cohen, and, you know, uh, (laughs) Bravo, they they monitor all that shit. Yeah. So you can't go too far. Wait, didn't you work with Sonya Morgan back in the day? Yeah. I remember you sending me a picture, I think, from a dinner with Sonya, and I was like, holy shit. I mean fucking a and you know i'm all about dick she is beautiful <laughs> no she, she really is yeah she is beautiful are you saying this would be great if you could say on the podcast that you did sleep with sonia morgan are you saying that on the podcast are I'm we breaking a new story <gasps> oh my god we're breaking stories yeah, i'm <laughs> releasing this at page six psychic chris medina sleeps with sonia morgan um I, I just find what you do extremely fascinating like everybody does um how would like I always, uh, when I was working with actors, you know, you'd always give advice for young actors. What would you say to a kid like you? Like, how, what are the signs? Like, what are the, like, is it something that you'll find your way if you do have this ability? Like where there's no X-Men school for the gifted for people doing what you do. Actually, I want to do that. That is something that I want to do further on. Well, I've before. trademarked it. You can't do it. Oh, well, I, it's mine now. Have, no, 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 no. I trademarked it. I have to. I want to do something like that where I'm helping people come into their ability because you see this shit all the time and it gets watered down in no disrespect to the love and like the real love and like community and not the ones that are just using this as an excuse you know what I mean? yeah 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 or or the kind of like you know if you go and you meditate and do this it, it, it's all about 
being real. And I, and I always tell people that, that have the ability, don't let anybody tell you how to utilize your gift. If I had to listen to my mother or my father growing up, I mean, my dad was pretty hands-on with it, but there was times where he was like, eh, or whatever. My, and my guys would step in and say, don't listen to, you know how, it's, how hard it is for somebody to go against their family or what they've been Yeah, doing. yeah, yeah. You have to go against it. You are not them and they are not you. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you had to go against your family in some ways oh, yeah. doing what you do, yeah. you know? Um, but it is an interesting moment because you do. It's another one of those things you come out on the other side stronger and knowing more about yourself. Um, so uh, I'm going to ask you a couple questions in terms of entertainment and pop culture because this is what this is around. Yeah. So uh, brace yourself. I know this might not be your favorite, but what are we getting in terms of or what are your opinion even? Because what I love about your thing is that it's usually in tune with like just really great things about what we should know about pop culture. Anyways, when you get these extreme personalities, we talked about this a couple of years ago in terms of the Kardashians and even more craziness has happened in these past two years than anybody could have ever predicted. Would you have predicted that? What do you see in the future? We just got an engagement with Travis, Courtney and Travis Barker. What are the reads you get on these people? That's difficult. Because I you guys, he's crying right now. I can see yeah. tears are streaming down his face. Yeah. It's it's difficult when you have to stay in alignment with your brand, if that makes sense. So I, I kind of feel like they're kind of um, pushed into these situations, if you will. Yeah. You know where I'm going with this? Yes, yes, yeah. definitely. And, yeah. I, and again, I don't want to throw any shade, but it is what it is. Well, it is interesting that you say that because... Um, it's theorized right now, or there, there, people have told me behind the scenes that they were, uh, Courtney and Travis were actually engaged months ago. And this was for the cameras. It was like a setup for potentially the Hulu show for an episode, which I feel like how dark is like this beautiful moment that you potentially already have. Now go recreate it, recreate it for the public so it can be for our consumption. And I always think that's so interesting. I mean, that's the reality show culture that they championed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kanye West. Why? <laughs> I mean, what is, what do you get? I mean, Kanye, I mean, for the love of God, now he's wearing like Michael Myers masks around in public. You know, I remember back in the day, we almost saw the Yeezus tour together. You were with Molly yeah. and I saw I it like the next, yeah. And I saw it the yeah. next night. Um, but like, what are any reads on him? Do you see where he could potentially be going in the, the future? What I, I'm going to do this with like uh, the only one I can compare it to is Britney Spears. We'll use, we'll throw them together. Yeah. And I don't know if people understand where I'm coming from when I say your lens of life, the way that you look through your own eyes, through your own life, <clears throat> both Britney and Kanye are good examples of having a cracked lens. It is never going, no matter how much you try to push it together, you can try to fill it in. That crack is going to stay there. They got to figure out a way to look around it and adjust around that. I like that. And I feel like with Kanye, leave this fucker alone. Like, let him kind of like, like, like not, not you, but I'm talking about like the media. Let him do, let it, let him kind of get, get back to a place to where he feels the creativity. And I feel like just with, with him, he, he picks up on so much. And, it, and with, with having that cracked lens and picking up on the intention of other people, it makes her energy staticky. And hmm. erratic and all over the place. Hmm. So even like with Britney coming into herself right now, all these great things are happening. Their, their, her father's, you know, is, is, is she done with him? Well, I suppose he's been taken off the conservatorship. I mean, I think there's still some things in place that have to be. But yeah, I mean, it's been a, an insane amount of like 
productive things that have happened with the Free Britney movement. Yeah, I, I would advise her to kind of like, again, take it one step at a time. Do, do what it is that you want to do, but also be very careful on who you have around you because they're quick to replace that energy. Yeah. Yeah. The Cracklins is like, so, I mean, with people with like that, it is interesting that these are both superstars with potentially the same thing, but is it the Cracklins that also makes them who they are? Like if they didn't have a Cracklins, would they even want to be like, would Kanye even want to be champion? Like would he, would he even want to be uh, told he was a genius if he didn't have a Cracklins? He's got that narcissist. I mean, he's, he's a celebrity and he's a genius at what he does. He's very creative and he wants the, um, the rights to that. But along the way, like I said, when, when you get in this industry, you, you're in it. You know how this works. You've got all these people that kind of tell you what you want to hear. And you can't really trust anybody. So in some way, Brittany, him, a couple other people that I mentioned before, uh, get broken. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, it's kind of like um, I used to work in the sex industry. You know that. Yeah. Where, yeah. They call it breaking a bitch. You bring them in. <laughs> And you fucking you, you that was actually the first title for my podcast, but we went with so bad it's good. Yeah, yeah. Breaking the bitch. Wait, breaking the bitch is what you bring somebody you bring in? in, and you you break them down to their to to their bare mental. Does that make sense? Like yeah, yeah. yeah. You you crack their lens. Their lens of life was cracked by somebody else, and it's never going to it, that. There's that much damage to where they're they're always going to low key be suffering from that. It's you you've seen it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, because it is one of those things that you're like. Uh, we, I always talk about on this show, especially with Brittany is that you see like the mind is such a fragile thing, you know, is that it's like a muscle, like, but you can also just like completely tear off a muscle, like exactly. completely. And we see with Brittany, I think in particular that I'm like, could, I mean, even if her dad's not involved, can she get back to a place of functioning? Like, I think enough things and enough eyes are on you. It can cause permanent damage in order for that to happen in order for her to kind of get back. Maybe let's say like. And, I'm, and then maybe this sounds shitty, maybe 50% of, of her vision back, she would have to take away, she'd have to take herself away from the industry. She'd have to go somewhere to heal, really do the mental work and kind of and, and heal herself. Yeah. And she hasn't had that. She's been nonstop going and going. In terms of COVID, which we are still, of course, in, but, you know, we went through such a brutal last year and a half in terms of even just quarantine and things. You know, did you have any messages from your guides about that? Or, you know, I, I was talking to an astrologer um, uh, weeks ago and they, you know, said, well, that if you followed the astrology, you knew that something big was about to happen. And I don't know if that is true. But to your guides, what did they tell you about the period of time that we were just in? That's difficult because as much as I want to get involved in politics and talk about it, I, I'm kind of, I've been threatened before with it. You know, keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything, whatever, because what I have to say doesn't go, doesn't go with the status quo yeah, or the, yeah, we're going through and it had to happen. Look what's going on here and look at the state of the world. Look what we've become. Everything's kind of recycled. Everything's there, there's no, there's no, we talked about this before. We've done yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no originality. There's no, everything's kind of like, got lost along the way so we have this big thing coming here as a as a i'm going to say even though people lost their lives and it is a real it is a real sickness it's sort of a distraction you know and then when we we're forced to quarantine and kind of do us look what we did we ended up going crazy none of us wanted to sit with ourselves <laughs> isn't that interesting that we like didn't i mean i 
all this time to to read the books I needed to read. And all I did was watch CNN 24th. Like all I did was gain weight. All I did, I didn't work on myself. I did everything in my power to not work on myself. And it really is interesting to know that like, oh, even if you were given this time, you won't use it effectively. Exactly. You know, how disappointing. Exactly. And uh, you see, you saw a lot of people and I'm, here's a prediction, a worldly prediction. You're going to see more of this shit, more people. This is going to be, this, this is going to be around for a little bit longer. I feel like we have a, another two to five years more of this bullshit the the covid coming back and this is like the first reading you gave me you told me i had three more years of my own personal bullshit now i have world bullshit for three to five years you can clean house with this yeah you kind of have yeah i mean look look what you're able to do you can do your stuff from home you can do it over zoom you don't by the way he's looking at my desk which is just piled with papers and shit he goes look at you you're living the dream like (laughs) shit everywhere yeah um, but yeah, it, like the, the way it worked for me, people reached out. What are we doing, Chris? What's yeah, going on? yeah. I got to imagine your business had to have been not booming, but like, tell me what's happening, please. It boomed. It fucking boomed. That's I, the one. That's probably the one business that actually people were booming. You know, and they were. You know, and, and I'm not here to scare anybody. I'm here, like, okay, let, let, how can we use this time effectively? Yeah. But yeah, so my readings: FaceTime, Zoom, Skype. I I. Uh... I know I'm just all over the place, but that's what this show really is. But do you ever ignore your guides with your own advice for yourself? No. Really? No. You never go, fact, no. bullshit, no, I'm not going to do that. No, no, no. They come down with these heavy-duty signs, and it was two, no, three weeks ago, right before Mercury went retrograde. I was getting all these signs. I kept seeing, and I know it sounds hokey, a phoenix in the sky, this owl. I'm, I'm Native American, so right now my totem is an owl. And it's all about wisdom. It's all about you know being able to cro- deliver messages from the other side and speaking yeah. speaking your truth. And uh, I was smoking weed heavily because you know that's how I get down. I don't go anywhere. You know I don't party. Yeah. I don't go. I don't go hang out and fucking drink. I mean I'll, I'll kind of I'll hang out with you every now and then, but I'm not a partier. So they were like, you need to stop you know smoking weed and get the clarity that you need. And I kept getting all these signs, and I was like, I'd be a fucking. This is how I talked to them. I, I was like, I'd be a fucking idiot if I was to ignore this. And they'd be like, they were like, it wouldn't be wise. So I, I don't have the luxury where people can be like, oh, I'm going to put that off. They, they they throw me in the fire. Wow. Okay. Um, so Sandra, who uh, books this show, and she is a huge fan of yours, um, she wanted to know, and I don't know if you're aware of Scott Disick. Yes. So, of course, was with Kourtney Kardashian. Will he be okay because addiction is dangerous, sad, and scary? Will, do you see him being okay uh, with all of this? With Courtney being engaged to Travis Barker. I feel like he's, and you would know more than I would when it comes to this, I feel like he's removed himself from that mentality when it comes to them. I don't know how this will, I don't, I don't know how it's going to affect, how he's going to affect his own personal life. Does that make sense? As yeah. As far as like what he does for himself moving forward, you know, uh, what, what am I going to do for work? What am, you know, how am I, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I question his, evol- his, his personal evolution. I honestly don't think you know more. Tell me. Well, I mean, no, I mean that, I mean, of course I don't, I mean, I don't know if he's personally evolving right now. I mean, that's the, the, the million dollar question. And he was getting into this habit of dating very young, like 19, 20 year old girls. And it, what woman's gonna put up with this shit? that's what, what I, that's what, what I always absolutely. think of. Like, I like people have to go young when they realize like, cause you need, you know, all these other women are like, like battle tested. They know when not to put up with your bullshit. Exactly. And like, he's like, I'm still, uh, in like a bullshit 
artist. So I'm going to need somebody that's never dealt with somebody like me before, you know, because Courtney did deal with him all that and knew he was a bullshit artist and went to somebody that was obsessed with her. And he had every fucking opportunity to change his stripes and he didn't. Yeah. So he's going to go younger because it's easier to condition them. Breaking a bitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> how do you, I mean, how would you tell that to Scott if you had to speak to him? How I would, would you gently? Like that. You I mean, would really. With him, you cannot tell him gently. He's not going to take gently. He's going to be like, fuck it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, uh, ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez, uh, 20, which is just insane in the amount of, like, it was so sad. I was talking to Prez Hilton today and then even thinking about Ben Affleck and Jennifer. And I, it, it feels like last year they were together. And then I'm like, fuck, it's been 17 years. It's what? Like, you almost feel like, you know, Rip Van Winkle where you're waking up and everything's like the same but different. Um, w- do you see them lasting? No. <laughs> no. I, I, and you know what? She's going to kill me. She's going to kill me on this one. I did e, uh, Daily Pop and yeah. Daily Pop. And they brought up J-Lo. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tread lightly because she is the goddess, right? She she's, she's you love J Lo. I love J Lo, and uh, but I use her in my readings, and I'll tell people you got the J Lo syndrome, and they're like, "What's that? You want to play the both feminine and masculine energy at the same time because you refuse to be vulnerable because of what has happened to you, the past trauma, that the lies, all the bullshit. You protect yourself so much that you that you bring in an amazing amount of self control into a relationship, and that's what fucks you up." So even like this, I, I just, I feel like he is going to do something because look at him. He's going to do something to irritate the shit out of her or make her, or make her look stupid. And that's going to be it. Well, that's my thing. It's like, if you've already dated somebody for years and been engaged with them and it didn't work, like there had to have been tons of things that annoyed the fuck out of each other. Even that, like, I just want to be there for that night where they're like, Ben's like, oh man, what did I do? Like, it was great. You know, like, oh man, this is like, what did I do? It was fun the first six months. And you know, like, you know, that's going to happen again because that's human nature of like, it's not like your annoying habits. Like we get more, we get more used to our annoying habits, more locked in. Like my mom is like, she's not going to change now. She's like getting more annoying as she gets older. (laughs) Well, you, I mean, for him or her, uh, you had uh, Jennifer Garner, who was an angel. Um, and then, uh, Ana de Arnis at the but beginning Jennifer of, isn't gonna put up with any bullshit, he, she didn't, she, she didn't, she, she yeah, she reminds me of a Virgo where she's going to be very, very much in your face. You're fucking up. You better get it together. I, I think that's exactly what it is with her. And I think that's another one of those things of like, he almost then like, well, before he went to rehab again, he was in like a 21 year old playmate model because it was that kind of theory of Scott Disick of like, I'm still cool to this person, you know? Um, and with Jennifer Lopez, he almost kind of has to step up a little bit more. I would imagine because she's a couple years older than it and just more success. He's very successful, but more successful. And she's, she's a super, a global superstar. He can't mess around with that, you know? And I, and it takes a certain type of man for JLo to be with. I mean, they have to come with an, I mean, I mean, same level, level up higher than her, but they have to come in, in a very strong way, not telling, not being the man and telling her to sit in the back seat and do yeah. all that shit, but be able to provide that stability that she's looking for. And she has to be willing to let go. So you're saying she would also like just probably do well with like a, a billionaire or a podcast host that podcasts out of his bedroom. Yes, yes. Like any of those are very like similar. Guy, Ryan Bailey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. I've heard good things. Yeah. Huge dong. <laughs> um, anyways. Uh, so, uh, so moving, uh, I'm trying to think of the, any other big pop culture story. Oh, this is it. What are your, do your guides say, or what do you, Lisa, is Lisa Rinna the devil from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Is she the devil? I think she 
my guides tell me, and I, I think it's just me telling me that she's the devil. Do you get any read on her? Because I know you don't watch the show. She's the one with the huge jacked lips. I, I know Lisa Renna from Melrose Place. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And I will always have a fondness in my heart for Lisa Renna. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. I can, That's my psychic ability. I predict that you're wrong about that uh, loyalty. She... she uh... She's she's a lot. She, I, I, I feel like she uh, and like most of in God, I'm just gonna throw it in there. Like most of these reality TV stars, they lose their identity along the way and become their person. Oh my God, that's you. That's I've been trying to find. That is the phrase. That is it. Is that they almost then like believe their own hype, but it's only reality show hype. But then they become the caricature of what we initially liked them for to begin with. But it is so evolved into this weird kind of monster thing because they think that's what we love and they just become this unnatural demon being uh, you know uh, i was on garcelle's show yes is she an angel is she what is what's the vibe i love garcelle i really love her as well i'm getting goosebumps from her she um uh, i'm not going to give away her personal reading but this is somebody that is not going to do the bullshit, but knows what she's involved in when it comes to this. Yes. And I felt like she was going to try to go a certain way, but they kind of brought something out of her where she was like, okay, now, now you're going to bring this out of me. I think she tried to play it too safe. And then it got, she got a lot of backlash for it. I was really proud of Garcelle this season because she did stand up for herself when she was needed. But you can also sense, I just said this in the other day's podcast was that you can sense she's a real person still because it's almost like she's like, you guys fucking around as a real, I mean, what? Like she sees people like Rinna that are so ingrained in their personas now where she's like, I don't know if I, yeah, she's like, I don't know if I can want to do this. I'm still a, basically a normal person. You see all these people been on multi seasons and they're completely whacked, you know? She, she, from start to finish. So I did, um, the real, she's, uh, yes. Yeah. 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 I did that show. I read, uh, Jeannie Mai and, uh, briefly Adrian Bailon. She didn't want to read him, but she was on there and I read Garcelle, um, on her, uh, yeah, on her podcast and then privately, from start to finish, let me just put this out there. I don't care what anybody says about that woman. She was professional. She was caring. She was down to earth and really had, uh, she had my back actually. Yeah. Which is who she is on the show. Yeah. She has your back. If I she believes in you, she has your back. That um, that's amazing. Uh, does, uh, I am so proud of you in terms of, uh, and I like, this is, you know, we were talking about our age and getting older and all that stuff where like, I know I feel, and I talk about this all the time is that, I feel like I'm on a race against the clock of like, ah, oh, oh, I've got to make something of myself. I got to make some, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but like even your accomplishments, I don't even know if you realize, cause two years ago, you're literally on like all these TV shows now and all these podcasts and you're, you're, you're over here with little old me now. So you're, you know, you're, you're doing this as a favor, but like, it is funny to watch you progress and you still want so much more. Do you feel like it's a race against the clock for you? Yeah, like because you're like it's it's there. But like I, I can to, see but I, it. But I have to interrupt you really fast. So when it when it comes to you and I, we and I'm not just fucking saying this. And, and stop me if I'm wrong. Don't, don't call bullshit on this. But we are a really down to earth type of people. That I even if even if we get to that highest level that we can in our careers, I don't think it's going to change who we are. Oh yeah, I'll always be the same. I mean, like. I mean, I, I I wish I could be somebody different and I can't, you know, like it's just there. So I think that with us, we're a lot harder on ourselves 
than most people are because we've led these. I mean, well, you've been in the industry for for a long time. Yeah. I mean, you've accomplished some of that. Look at all the shit that you've done. Well, we we call it breaking the bitch. That's what my career is. Uh, we call that breaking the bitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of me and kind of um, a lot of people, I don't know why, but they do get fascinated. Uh, not with, but like a lot of people are like, "What do you got on? What do you got on me? What do you? What do you?" what's your reading on me? I I'd hesitate to say, is there anything that you can give me? Uh, is there anything, what's the vibe coming off of me? The vibe coming off of you is that, um, and I've been using this a lot and you're no exception to this one. You're at the edge right there. If uh, there is nothing more to think about, if, if I had the opportunity, I would kick you over the edge and say, go for it. You'd kill me. I, no. Okay. Okay. I, I would tell you to stop just the same thing. Like with me, stop holding yourself back. And I feel like what you need, I feel like what's coming for you next, you've got, you had to go through all these mini lessons, the, the divorce, and the, you, you did the single life for a little bit, you know, where, where you're at now. You had to go through that transformation, those experiences there. But you're still, you, you, you haven't evolved all the way yet. Does that make sense? And I feel like with you that... Oh, I would, God, I'd hope not. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I feel like with you that, you that you can be a little bit harder on yourself. I, I think that you need to get the... I think you need to own your shit. I think that yeah, you need yeah. to wake the fuck up. And, and get get back on the horse, like again. And I'm the last motherfucker to talk about being physically in shape. But yeah. We both need to. Yeah. And I think, and again, no no shade with that, but but not it's not just physical. It's also mental as well too. And start realizing who we are and look at look look where you're at. I know it's like, but that's why like in terms of owning your own shit, I feel like I'm better than I was two years ago. Oh, but there's still so much more to go. Um, but it is interesting. It is, but that's what life is supposed to be is about a, a process and not ever uh getting too comfortable um is always uh trying to reach for more or learn more or or help more you know you and i and again the only reason why and again you just said it we have the same birthday we're what three hours apart yeah uh the, the same thing is that we as much as we say we don't we need that external validation i know it's one of those i mean but, I, I, but I, I hate that i rely on it hide ourselves from that as well too we don't take dude that's it well. that's it we it's don't. it's like and i don't think it's narcissism but it is one of those things of like i want to be told i'm good but at the same time i you do you know i won't you know all, but do you know I i'll not know. open do you know i'll not open dm sometimes if i say if i see that the first line's a good thing because it almost hurts me to read the compliment, even though I want to be complimented. Isn't that dark? Isn't that weird? I go home after these shows and I'm like, and I start beating myself up. They fucking hated you. You sucked. You looked fat. Your tits were yeah. out. Such a, you know, I know exactly where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like I said, we, as much as we're looking for it, we hide from it. So I think, again, both of us stepping into, or you stepping into your power, doing what it is that you have to do and owning it. That's the next step and level for you. Can you tell me the first letter of my next wife, of her J. first name? J. Are you joking or is he real? I got J. You can, I can just answer that. You can answer that quickly? Yeah, just, I just saw the, the, them writing the J. Like Jezebel. Do you think that's it? Jezebel it or Jemima? Jemima? Heard, yeah. I got yeah. Stasi's backwards. Oh, you got Bo? I got, I got CB. Wait, when were you, you were on straight up with Stasi, right? Or, or, or her, wait, when were you on her podcast? God, like in 2018, 2019. Did you predict anything that was about to happen to her? Oh yeah. I predicted, really? Yeah, I predicted the, the, the fallout with the show, predicted the baby, the sex of the baby. She had somebody on there that said it was going to be a boy. And I was like, no, you're having a girl. 
and I don't know if she remembers this, but I th- and I and I hope this is on. I I, th- I don't know if I told her this off the show because I don't listen to the shows that I'm on. You know, critiquing myself. But I told her. I said, "There's something unique about the baby's hair or bows that you put in it." I said, <gasps> "Yellow." That kid is wearing yellow bows all All the time. time. Yeah, that's wild. And you wait. You said you predicted Bo's name, but you did it backwards. Yeah, I said, um, and I read her. Who was the guy that she dated before Bo? Oh, this dirtbag Patrick. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, She reached out to me um, while she was in Mexico. I had just moved back to LA and I was living in Sherman Oaks, right down the street. Yeah. And uh, I did a a Skype call with her and gave her, you know, gave her a reading, whatever. The one thing I love about her is that. uh, Aside from what she does on television, how she comes across here, she's never been a cunt to me, ever. She's always been straight up and very appreciative. Um, gave her the reading, told her. She was like, can you give me anything to look forward to? And I was like, yeah, I, I feel like this guy's going to come in. I said, you're going to have a baby with him, marry him. The initials are CB. But I got it backwards. It was Bo BC. Clark, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's, uh, that's my notoriety. That's my claim to fame here. Is there is a psychic that predicted Stasi's relationship i'd take it i wait you weren't you just in a magazine too where you were i, I maybe know. i'm seeing something maybe i'm seeing a future magazine uh thing with you now well so i mean the goals really are for i mean in terms of my goals for you tv of course what are your goals for you is it tv as well is it just continuing to do the best readings or continue to connect with people and how do you learn like how do you progress in this field that you're in, like every day, I feel like the more I talk with people, the better I get, uh, the more hours I get in my belt. Is it the same way with what you do? How do you get better? There's always a lesson. Every time I read somebody, I learn a lesson about myself through that person. So I'm evolving as they're evolving. So the next step for me, I love my reading. So don't get me wrong. I like doing my one-on-ones every day from home, but I want to be able to hit everybody. At a, I want to hit a lot of people all at one time. And this isn't just to become a celebrity, but I want to do a, a real psychic television show where I'm reading. I'd like to get like, you know, let's just throw Stassi in there. Let's throw like a couple of the band Lala and all the people that are going through some shit. I'd like to do some, some sort of like celebrity boot camp. Or yeah, yeah. Oh, like, that would be a psychic boot camp would be awesome. Because everybody loves, a, everybody, and you wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, I, I get your fans. Yeah. And you have fans. You know that. Thank you, mom. Hitting, hitting me up. And asking for readings. Oh my God, he's such a great guy or whatever. And uh, I get a lot of uh, Stassi's people, a lot of the people, you know, the, the shows that I don't watch, you know, Katie, I was on Katie's podcast, all their fans reaching out. And the reason why they fuck with these girls so much is because they can see themselves in these women. So being able to sit down with these, you know, with these celebrities that have had a rough time or whatever, or, you know, get, get in there psychically and kind of tune them up in a psychic way, getting them out of their own way is what I want to do instead of bringing in ghosts. We talk about the the darkness in what you do, and reality stars are sometimes, I mean, maybe not the most dark darkest people. That it's kind of silly sometimes. Even their personalities can be that way. But you know, you you, you realize the actual realities of life, like the Gabrielle Gabriel Petitos, and and you know, like true crime and stuff like that. Do you mess around with any of that kind of stuff, or is like when when there is a murder or anything like that? Do you try to lock in to anything it like that? Me. Really? Yeah. Um, I had, uh, and not Gabby, not her specifically, but I had a guy, you know, I told you it's far. I watch Unsolved Mysteries and Forensic Files to Unwind. And this guy came up to me and was like, uh, uh, can you help me? He's like, excuse me, sir. And I was like, what? And he, and plain as day, excuse me, sir. And I said, yes. And he says, I was wondering if you could help me. I've been missing in Peru for the last two years. I'm obviously dead, but I was wondering if you can provide closure to my family. And I'm like, no, I can't. You said no? no? You turned him down? I have to. You're like, I'm dealing with this man in a hospital gown with anal bleeding right here. You said no. Yeah. Do you regret that? Do you? 
I can't. If, if I if I open that side up, it's just too much. Yeah. I don't. I didn't sleep at all last night. As a matter of fact. Why? The bed, the bed moves. I get touched. I I, I hear things. I, Holy shit! Wait, is there something? I mean, is that a way? when you were smoking weed, was that almost a way to, uh, disassociate to like not be in connect with that power? Like, you know, where you dull it, you know, I don't dream when I smoke weed and I'm a lot more, I, I, I fall asleep harder. So if they're going to wake me up, I'm more like, okay, instead of being scared, because when I'm not smoking weed and the, and the, the feeling comes in, it's intense. You, you really feel that, that energy of that spirit, that ghost, if you will. And then having to do readings. And then when people want medium readings, and here's the thing, just really fast, just so you know, I don't know how they do it on the television shows. Being able to be like, oh, your grandmother's coming through. I've had ghosts tell me, why the fuck would I talk to you when I don't even know? Yeah. Like, I didn't like talking to people in real life. You think in heaven I'm going to, or hell, you think I'm going to be like, oh, some assholes like saying I need to come talk to my like grandkid. Like, no thanks. Like, I'm in heaven. Why would I want to do work? Yeah, what if uh, Sarah, you know Sarah. Yeah, I love Sarah, yeah. One of Sarah's friend's mother reached out for a session and uh, I wasn't getting anything from the medium side. And I was like, fuck, I have to do this medium reading. And he came through and he was like, Chris, you have to understand something. I don't know who you are. The only reason why I'm coming through is because she's here. And I'm on the other side of her. And he would tell me, what people don't realize, and this is what he said in your field, is that when Chris Medina dies, everything about Chris Medina goes. His pain, his trauma, his bills, everything. Why would I want to come back? <laughs> no, it's like, I mean, it really is one of those things. Like, I love people's concepts of heaven or something. Like, even I'll get upset. Like, you mean my DVR isn't up there? Like, I don't get to watch the shows I like? Like, well, keep me here. I love these shows. Like, you know, like, it is one of those things. And my mom always said, you know what? Don't even worry about that. You have, you'll have no concept of, but you do talk about the other side so much in all of this. What is that to you? What is the other side? What do you, I mean, do you even bother to imagine it? Um, I mean, and what do they say? There's three different ways. It's either the person, you know, they and I'll use these metaphysical words. They'll ascend because I don't know what, um, what what people's belief systems are. If you're like a Buddha, a Catholic, Christian, I'm going to say become a light in whatever it is that you believe in in heaven. They're just gone. They're a light. They don't come back. And then the other the other way is they're trapped here. They're stuck here because family can't move on, or they had such a traumatic death. That if your family can't move on, you're trapped here. Yeah, like that's what happened with that guy, that Sarah. Right? He was oh. like, can you tell her enough with the medium shit? Like, like she needs to, she needs to, I, I can't leave her and leave her like this. You're ruining my jam. Like, so they'll stay here. And the other way is reincarnation. And you know, the story I told you about that kid that lived with us in Oregon. Wait, so say it again. He, um, I, when I, I met him at Comic-Con, that's the one of the first gigs that Jay booked and, uh, never knew anything about reincarnation never had a hit, hit off of it my guide said you need to touch this kid as he sits down and you're going to get something so the kid yeah said, get arrested yeah, yeah exactly I, was like, yeah. <laughs> and, um, I touched his knee slightly and then i got a flood of all this information of his past life he you know late 60s early 70s um drug addict very big buff um had issues with his girlfriend uh, there was problems there and he ended up uh dying and so I, I had all this information, but he was musically inclined in this past life. There was something wrong with his ear. And so as I'm reading this kid, I was like, you bring back. And I didn't know what the fuck I was saying at the time. So that really taught me a lesson. But I was like, you, I said, you, you're, you're reincarnated. I said, you, I said, you bring back some of your, I said, do you play instruments? I said, like, like the piano and guitar. He was like, yeah. And I was like, and there's also something wrong with your ear. And he was like, oh, did you see my ear? And I was like, no, but this is from the past life. Because I, I didn't yeah, yeah. And he goes, no, I was born without an ear. And he had a prosthetic ear. And I was like, holy fuck. And then I told him, I said, it's absolutely imperative that you do not get involved in drugs in this lifetime. 
I said, you can't, you, 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 you got to kind of like, you're here for redemption. That's the sign I saw above his head was redemption. I told him all this. Wow. Jay and I ended up um, having him move in as like a, uh, Oh yeah. As I was mentoring him and he needed a, a place to stay. And one day I woke up, couldn't see his future, could not see anything past a certain point. And lo and behold, he ended up moving out, going on a trip to Mexico. He was supposed to board the plane to come back missing. They found his body a year later. Did he get involved in drugs? Yeah. Wow. Um, it sounds awful what you can do sometimes as much as it's, um, uh, as we start wrapping up to try to, to get the, that's really intense. Okay, welcome that really <laughs> is intense. Yeah. Michael Myers. What do you got on him? Yeah. yeah. Freddy Krueger. What do you got? No. Uh, but you do, I mean, you are a fan of horror films. You are a fan of, um, and I love that people almost in <laughs> your child almost blamed, uh, you know, Oh, you're just too imaginative. You just like all this stuff. And, and this is, um, I think I know the answer to this, but uh, if you could give away this power, would you? No. Why? Quite honestly, and this may be sound like coming from a place of pride and ego, nobody will be able to do it the way that I would do it. I think they would manipulate it in a way to where they would fuck with it or use it for personal gain. You definitely don't use it for personal gain. Yeah. Like you really, I mean, like you on, like I tell you, you do not use it for personal gain. Yeah. And if I were like, if I did want to book a reading with you, how do you do? I know you have this beautiful website, which I talked about in the intro. Um, is it something that you do openly? Are you very selective about who you do readings with? Anybody can reach out for a reading. They just go to my website. They choose a half hour or an hour long session and uh, just sign up. And I reach out, I reach out to them, set up the appointment. Uh, like I said, if everyone's different. If I don't have a lot of information, I'll be straight up with a person. And this is, I know it's horrible for, for business, but I will tell them, I don't really have anything. I, I don't know how I can stretch a sentence into a whole half hour. You're going to die. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you're not going to change your ways. You're just you. What what I'm going to say is just going to it's just going to fuck you up. And I just no. Have you had examples of people that have uh, that you've brushed up with years later and seen uh, your work having helped them over the years? You know, all the time. Yeah, and I and I and I say this you know jokingly here, but over COVID in the last couple of years, I've broken up more marriages. And yeah. And I people are telling Sorry. me, don't hold back. And I'm like, and again, if I see that, I'm going to tell them, you know, they're like, how, do, how is this going to work? I was like, you want the truth? You're like, yeah. I'm like, this isn't going to work. But I've been with him for 20 years. And those 20 years, you were fucking miserable. What's the most common thing to break up, to break up relationships, you think? I don't think this is a psychic thing. I'm settling. just saying. Settling. Settling. You, you, you have the idea. Chris, I depend on people settling. Please don't. <laughs> I'm really depending on people settling. <laughs> I'm surprised how many women reach no. out and want me to connect you with them. Can you are they in the afterlife or is no, this they're, they're, here? Or they're, is this... they're here. They're like, here. Chris, please. I'm in Peru. I'm a young woman. Will you please <laughs> connect me with Ryan? Is he very big? I'm like, I Okay, good. We got back to the jokes. Um, uh, I do think that's really, um, God, I, I, there's just, 
you really could talk to you for hours because I think not only what you do is very important, but your own journey is fascinating. Your own journey with this stuff. This is what I really find interesting. And if you were to do a TV show, this is something that I would really love to know of like these instances because you get chills thinking about the stuff that you've even turned away from. Is there anybody that's treated you like the biggest asshole that you've worked with? Like, is there any, I've interviewed some people where I'm like, this guy hates me, like, or just treats me like less than, have you ever had that experience doing what you do? Do you ever get looked down on? I'm going to be straight up with that. I I won't allow it. Yeah. I will not allow it. If you're going to come across being an asshole or a cunt, I'm going to give it one to you. Yeah, I can't, I can't. Um, uh, Uh, you mentioned being on Katie Maloney's podcast. I don't know if you know, you probably talked about this on there, but she's married to a guy named Tom Schwartz. Um, and he, you know, they have a very interesting relationship. I know you don't watch the show, but it's like, um, they're like best friends, but they also seem like they hate each other. Is there any, was there any, did you speak about this relationship at all on her podcast? Did she ask anything about it? Which, by the way, you guys go listen to all of his guest spots on podcasts. I know there's a list of them on his website, which, like I said, I will put in the description. They are well worth listening to. What did you guys talk about? We talked about like her progression, like her spiritual evolution, what she's going through now. As far as like the marriage and, and all that, she knows what's going on. Yeah, and this is something to where again, like you and I, I know you don't need to you don't need to beat it into my head. I will do it in my own time. And I just feel like he's. I mean, again, I'm not I'm not throwing any shade, but I feel like he's very airy. He's, he's just a little bit too all over the place. <laughs> yeah, that's she's, it. Exactly. She's, yes. He's fucking dope. And she, you know, that's it. That's, I think she said those exact words in last, last episode. No. She's a strong, I mean, uh, uh, I, we didn't talk about this on our show, but I know her from way back when. We have mutual friends. So I've, I've known her before she even got on the show. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, we opened up this podcast. We were talking about, I was teasing you about being on Giselle and Robin's podcast. Uh, was it equally shady or extremely oh, shady? shady? Reasonably shady. Yeah. And um, what did you tell them? Because Robin is in a relationship with Juan, who they used to be, and they're they're supposed to be getting married again. And Giselle was with this pastor, Jamal, who they have kids with, and then they supposedly broke up again. What did you tell them in terms of their love life? Do you remember? Um, I, I get the two mixed up. So I think is is Robin is the one that's still married, right? She's- Robin is the one still married, and they're or they're they're about to get remarried because they were married, then got divorced because he had cheated on her. He was a basketball guy. Jamal is a pastor, and Giselle like Giselle's the um, very extremely beautiful person. They're both beautiful, but Giselle like is like is she the one that's more talkative. Yes, yeah. So just Giselle, Giselle knows what she needs to do. She needs she needs to allow herself the opportunity to get out of her own way. The other one has got all these walls up that she she's erected to kind of keep her safe. She doesn't yes. like yeah to be caught off guard. Nobody does, but she will get she will get tight if you know if, if she's caught off guard that way so i, I told her i said god you're very you're, you're really really strong as a person you can um, you can lower your defenses a little bit and kind of venture out yeah and the other one sometimes i, I feel like she's got so much going on she can overanalyze and overthink a lot of things I, I, my thing with her giselle right yeah is to try to stay focused but i also feel like she again i, I didn't say this on the show but I, I, maybe i did kind of keep your mouth shut long enough <laughs> to, you know, see how things progress without in right I don't think she can do that, dude. Yeah. Um, uh, did your guide say anything about Giselle being a horrible dresser in terms of style and like clothing? She's a horrible dresser. <laughs> okay, that's just wanted to. Um, uh, oh, just really fast. Yeah. Monique. 
Monique. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, Monique. Yeah. I do too. Yeah, she, this I, is this is. I have to put this out there. I am so, and again, I don't watch the show. I'm just picking this solely up on her energy. This is somebody that was not afraid to go against the grain. This was somebody that was <laughs> not that that, that that um yeah wanted to be wanted to do all that, but was not going to let her was not going to let it define who she is as a person. So I feel like she's. I feel like right now she's going through that spiritual journey of like finding herself, finding her voice, but also keeping it real. And I don't think that she's in a position to settle. So, and, and I'm on her podcast tomorrow. Oh, hell yeah! yeah I love Wait, did, did you already record it? Or are you doing it? I'm doing it tomorrow live. Uh, tell her Ryan Bailey says hi. I, I interviewed her a couple of weeks ago for the first time. She was amazing. Um, sure. um, uh, lastly, I have a list of dream podcast guests. Does it work the same way with readings? You have a list of dream people that you would love to read, or is it different in the sense of? I don't know if I want to get into their business, uh, but do you have a list of dream people? I have people that I, that I would love to read. Who? Love in, uh, only, only to provide some sort of not not just comfort, but to kind of get inside their head. I would, I would love to the opportunity to read Justin Bieber. I would love that too. I would love to read him only because there's so much going on there. Does he have a cracked lens? Yeah. 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 Um. I, I uh, God, who else? I, I'd love the opportunity to read Britney Spears. I hope she doesn't think I'm throwing shade when I say this crack lens thing, but I'm sure she understands where. No, I think they would understand. I think Kanye would argue it, but I think Britney would definitely understand. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to read Courtney Kardashian out of all the Kardashians. Really? Why Courtney? She's cut from a different cloth. Oh, that's interesting. And I think that um, for as much as she doesn't want to be a part of it, I think that uh, psychically or being able to read her, I think I could change her life. Really. Yeah. Are you responsible for Travis Barker's relation, the relationship? Did you? Okay. (laughs) I'm just messing around. Um, uh, well, this has gone by an hour has gone by like a minute as I figured it would. Um, I really do hope uh, you can be a regular guest on this or you, I mean, it just is so great to finally be able to speak to you. And I was nervous having you come in today because not only the first time I've had a podcast guest live, but also because you, because I, I, you know, sometimes when you know somebody really well, or really respect you, you, it can be painful sometimes, not painful in the sense of, but you know, it's just, there's a lot of emotions there. Not like yeah. that, but you know what I'm saying? You're just well, like, no, no, it's always, I, I'm like, uh, it's so funny. Everything in my life, I was talking about this last, everything in my life that um, always ends up being the best are things that I don't want to do, you know, like our thing. And it's like, I'm like, oh man, I don't, oh, maybe he'll cancel. Maybe, he'll, you know, like, and I don't know what that is. Cause now this will be the highlight of my day, you know, and I, I got to thank you not only for your gift, but for your time. Um, you guys really have always been the best with me. And I really do hope it's, it's not another two years. Like I, that's why I'm using drinking as an excuse to get together with you guys again. But, um, I really do. It, it's it really just, I really appreciate this relationship. So thank you. Um, anything for my, do you get a, a beat on my listeners? Are they all just amazing? Is that what the guides say? Yeah, yeah, I knew it. They're See, amazing. I knew yeah. it. I knew so, it. I, mean, I knew that, it. That, that's your validation. Yeah, yeah. Stop DMing me. I know I'm great. This is the validation. You guys are all great. Uh, But Chris Medina, I'm going to put all of the information that you need. Uh, He is somebody definitely worth following. Every year he gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So get on that train right now. I'm telling you, folks, get on that train. And hopefully we can keep ascending together in this world, not the afterworld. Uh, And we will talk to you next time. You're the best, Ryan. You hear that, folks? I am the best. Chris Medina says I am the best, and he has special powers, so that's I. we now have to trust that. That's going on my LinkedIn that I am the best.
Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I gotta tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We will be back to uh, Sophie in just a second. It's a long show today. I hope you you guys are okay with that. Remember, use the timestamps if uh, if needed. But I need to do a couple of advertisements for some products that I actually genuinely love and use. The first one, of course, is our good friends, Bolin Branch. Now, um, you know how important my family is to me. The importance of family and friends, uh, it means the world to me. And uh, as we near the holidays, uh, gift giving is a great way to show your family and your friends how much you love them. And this year, uh, I'm actually going to give my parents bowl and branch sheets. uh, And I'm going to use the discount that they actually give me. But these sheets are amazing. Uh, They say we spend one third of our lives in bed. So pure organic cotton sheets from Bowl and Branch make a truly special gift. They make the highest quality sheets by doing things the right way, not the easy way. Husband and wife team Scott and Missy Tannen founded Bolin Branch to create a new standard in bedding by doing things the right way, not the easy way. Bolin Branch holds themselves to high standards across the board, from sourcing pure organic cotton to putting workers' rights first. And it's not just their sheets that are made the right way. Their pillows, their bath towels, they even have robes, you guys. Uh, Signature hemmed sheets are their all-time bestseller. That's what I have, and I love them. They're beloved for so many reasons, like how they get softer and softer with every single wash. Buttery soft, lightweight, and made with 100% organic cotton weave that feels incredible in all seasons. And it feels really good right now because it's starting to get cold in Los Angeles, and I love it. Uh, It comes in a wide range of colors, all sizes, from twin up to a California king. Also, completely toxin-free and fair trade certified. So treat yourself and your loved ones to the new standard in bedding from Bolin Branch. Their gifts come wrapped and ready in their special holiday packaging and order by December. December 19th for guaranteed delivery by Christmas. 
best deals of the year going on now from November 1st to November 11th. So you got like three more days, you guys, with promo code so bad at bolandbranch.com. That's B O L L. A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H dot com, promo code so bad. Uh, and exclusions may apply. So Bull and Branch, I love Bull and Branch. Now this next one, they are new, but I don't think they know this. I already got this for my mom uh, a year and a half ago. It is called Storyworth. So this holiday season, um, I actually did this, like I said, about a year and a half ago, and I did it for my mom's birthday. Um, and I wanted to give my mom something that showed her how much I loved her and how much um, that I appreciate her story and wanted to know more about her story. Um, I wanted to do something that made her feel special and unique. Um, and I kind of like the relationship that we share. Um, and that's why I gave her StoryWorth. Uh, StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. It is a thoughtful and meaningful gift that connects you to those who matters most. Every week, StoryWorth emails your relative or friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you never thought to ask, like, uh, what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? Or, if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? And I did this for my mom, and she told her, like she told... We have now a 100-page book with pictures because you can add pictures into this. I have my own copy of Becky Bailey's Life Story, and we have one for my niece and nephew, and uh, I, it's just really touching. I, I, I should post some of this on my Instagram one day because it really genuinely is one of the coolest things, and my mom took it so seriously. Each week, she would be working on this, and it gave her something to work on, and she was, like, thinking about memories, she said, um, and, you know, her mom and dad have passed away, and she was thinking about them, and it just, it was so cool, and it did exactly what I had hoped it it, it would do. Um, so after one year, StoryWorth will compile all of your loved one's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you will be able to share and revisit for generations to come. Uh, and I have it in my room right now. I can show it to you. It is back. It is beautiful. Uh, you can get the black and white photos. You can do color photos. It is so cool. Um, and they would send me her weekly stories that she wrote. So I got to kind of check in on my mom every week. Uh, so you get to read their weekly stories. And it kind of just helped me connect with my mom for that uh, for that year. Um, so with StoryWorth, I am giving those I love most a thoughtful personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years to come. I kind of want to give one to my dad, but then I kind of don't want to like make my mom jealous because it was like my mom's thing for so long, you know? Um, but I do strongly suggest you do this for your loved ones. So go to storyworth.com slash so bad and save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash so bad to save $10 on your first purchase. And I'm serious, guys. Remind me, if anybody wants to see my book, um, I can post it on my Instagram or send you uh, a picture of it. It really genuinely is uh, one of the coolest things I own. Uh, our last and final one is, uh, it's called Best Fiends. Now, uh, I, I think I've talked recently, I have been playing um, this mobile game. Uh, I like mobile games because they kind of like... Um, like if I fly or something, like I'll play solitaire or something like that. But Best Fiends is awesome. 
It's like match three. It's like a casual uh, mobile puzzle game, and I totally dig it. So in my humble but correct opinion, as you guys know, uh, everybody can have their opinion, but mine is the right one. It is the best match three style game by far. Uh, The rest are basically the same game with like different color schemes. So stop crushing the same old candy. Try a puzzle game with something fresh to offer. With Best Fiends, you play through an actual storyline complete with good guys, the fiends, and the not-so-good guys, the slugs. Um, The slugs are kind of like Erica Jane. Uh, Your fiends start out as wee baby versions of their future selves, and the more you play, the more fiends join your team, and the more powerful they become, helping you solve increasingly challenging puzzles as you progress through the game. It's an action-packed adventure and a brain-boosting puzzle game all rolled into one. And with new can- it has new content added all the time, so you are never bored. Uh, so not to bag, but I am pretty far along. Um, I, uh, I'm pretty good. That's all I'm going to say. I got to a pretty high level. I don't want to brag. Uh, I'm gonna take, I can take all you guys on. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Best Fiends has literally thousands of levels with more added all the time. And it's one of those things I can't put it down. I'll be playing it uh, while I watch reality shows. <laughs> and uh, I'll just be doing 10 things at once. And this is one of those things. Uh, and uh, it's one of those things your kids would probably dig too. But like, you know, they have their own games. This is This is your game. Uh, There's always a fresh challenge waiting for me when I need a mental pick-me-up or a break from podcasting. So download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play, and uh, that's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Uh, You guys, thank you so much for listening to those commercials today, and now back to Sophie to finish the show. Now, we're already an hour and 16 minutes into this podcast, but I always like to give you a little something extra. And remember, there are timestamps. So if you are not, if you want to hear the recap before Chris, I I mean, I don't know, you always want to hear Chris first, but if you want to hear the recap first, just use the timestamp. If you want to hear Chris first, use the timestamp. That is what it's there for. So what I want to do for you guys is Vanderpump Rules. Now, we are in episode six, and it's called uh, uh, Poker Faces. (laughs) I feel like they've given up on titles with Vanderpump Rules. Like, Vanderpump Rules titles are like Palm Springs, Wet Pool, Drink. (laughs) My name's Vin Diesel, and this is Poker Faces. This, I mean, the show is just, it's weird, man. Like it is a weird show and I don't, I think I'm too close to it. I want to, I want to do a test group of people that have never, ever seen Vanderpump Rules ever before in their lives. And I want to see what they think of this now. Like who, who is this show for? Like, honestly, who is the show for? So, you know, if you think of Real Housewives, that show is for me in particular. No, that show is for, like, a bunch of different demographics and age ranges. Who is this? Who is this age range? And are we are, are we banking on the fact that it's, we're, you know, they're saying, oh, our audience is growing up with us, and they're going to have babies too, and they want to see Sheena have a baby and Lala talk about lactating. Like, is that the audience that we're going for? Like, it's it's very interesting. Now, of course, last episode, we had Brock like, oh, don't kill, I am Brock. <laughs> don't talk about my family, man. <laughs> And he was like all crying and stuff. And remember, you guys, I am a well well aware 
that these aren't the correct voices. This is how I interpret uh, the voices. So Brock is like, hey, what's going on? I'm Brock. I've left my kids to have a better life for my family. Can also somebody really tell me, and this is not like a joke on Brock or anything like that, but like, how is it that he moved to America to have a better life for his family? I believe he's from New Zealand or Australia, which is like, there's a lot of opportunity down there, I believe. It's not like some third world country that like they don't have TV yet. Like, and what family is he making his life better for? Because I believe he has not paid child support in a while. So like, I almost feel like, and now correct me if I'm wrong, this might be crazy and out of left field. It's almost like, did he go to America for himself to make his life better? Do you know what I'm saying? And by the way, I am well aware this a lot of the situations, uh, and especially the situation trigger uh, warning that we talk about that he did slap his ex was 10 years ago. And he was a, a very young man. That does not matter at all. But I do, I mean, I do want to believe that uh, that people can change, that that people uh, can learn from their mistakes. Like, I don't know, how do, how do we as a society, uh, wouldn't it be funny if I develop a stutter during the how it was um, how do we as a society um, forgive in this day and age? Like what I, I ask myself that all the time dealing with celebrities and even dealing with myself is like, where do we forgive people? Where do we accept that they made a mistake? Is the line violence, you know, is the line sexual violence? I mean, those are always two good things to start with. But you know, when do we know somebody is truly worthy of being forgiven? And I know that's an awfully deep question for somebody like Brock on a show called Vanderpump Rules, but it's something that keeps coming up, right? In society, like, and I guess it's case by case basis and it's person by person basis. You're never going to win everybody's uh, trust over. But I do also understand with Sheena, Sheena's had such a bad run of dudes that there's already so much working against Brock. On top of that, they met at a music festival because uh, she wanted to do a dirty dancing pose and he was able to pick her up above, like literally, like he supposedly she ran and jumped and he did that dirty dancing thing where he lifted her above his head. And I just imagine that's like just a flood then from Sheena. That's just like a huge panty dropper turn on like Sheena, like literally Sheena Shea probably has a song called lift me over your head and I'll drop my panties like that seems like something that would so I mean, that's like being a scientist to other girls like that for like, oh, you can lift me over your head. That's like Sheena's. That's like, that's a goal for Sheena. Like for her, like, what are you looking for in a guy hot and being able to lift me over my, and you know, Shay, I got it. By the way, can we pour one out for Shay? Like, this is how long this show has been on that Sheena's had a full on other marriage, like a full on other marriage with Shay, which by the way, I still got to find that. Do you guys remember when they broke up and Shay went to Hawaii and did a rap diss track? And he released it on his Instagram. I got to find that. It was like, I remember laughing with it with Lara Marie Shainals, who does Sexy Unique podcast. And it was like perfect, like a rap diss track from Shay. Um, but we need to, dude, we need to catch up with Shay. Should we reach out to Shay? Uh, Sheena already doesn't like me. I don't know if that's like the best idea. But at this point, I don't think Sheena's 
ever going to come on. <laughs> In fact, Janet said she was my friend, Janet, our mutual friend, Janet said she was going to make peace, but we'll see how that works. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to be friends with Sheena. I just thought she would be a great interview. Like, wouldn't you love, I, mean, I don't know. There's so many questions I have uh, about Sheena's relationship. So remember, that's where we start off this. That is the crux of this season. Like there's two kind of bad guys. There's Lala and she's kind of a bad guy because she's kind of an asshole. She's been an asshole to Ariana, an asshole to Charlie, and she's inserting herself in the Sheena and Brock thing. Now, on one hand, that's amazing because that's what you want reality show stars to do. Um, but on the other hand, when Lala was on this podcast, she even talked about, I talked about, are you afraid that you'll be made into the bad guy before the, the season started with these edits? And she said, yeah, you know, in fact, you're going to see, you know, I, I walked away knowing and we saw that in last week's episode where she's like, I'm the bad guy. I get it. Like, you know, but I also and this isn't um, but also she's dealing with so many hormones like after you give birth from what I hear, like I have no personal experience, but that's what it's so like. Lala's already a very intense person, but throw like being you know, hormonal on top of that, or, or is it postmenopausal, or I don't know what the correct term is, like, that's just so much, so many emotions. And I guess, you know, Lala is somebody that throws herself into other people's situations. And it, it makes for decent reality TV. But and it kind of starts things because then you get Sandoval in the mix to stick up for Sheena. Um, so it, it, it's, it's very interesting to see but so she's the bad guy and brock's the bad guy because brock's mysterious relationship keeps getting brought up now brock is kind of filling that jacks role except that jacks never fully jacks would ask for forgiveness but like the audience would always be able to see through jacks because that's what he did it's just that the people in front of jacks's face <laughs> totally bought it you know like isn't that funny sometimes with the reality shows is that we can tell so quickly it's like brooks and vicky remember brooks with the cancer scare vicky like vicky bought all the bullshit brooks was selling because he was like literally filling up vicky's love tank on the daily and he was like remember he would give her daily inspirational cards you know like i love you i love you so much and you're so hot and I want to introduce you to Girth Brooks. You know, like he would do so many wild things like that, that she totally bought anything he said. But it was us, the audience, that knew it immediately. And it was the same thing with Jax. We knew it pretty immediately that this guy was a disaster. But the people in front of him would be like, no, he apologized. He's good now. And that happens season after season. Now, Brock, they're trying to fill this role. But Brock, I don't believe, is cheating at all because... I feel like they have one of those relationships where it's like 24 seven, unless Brock is out there like playing pickleball or some bullshit, you know? Um, God, do you, do you, I know this is, do you realize like that pickleball, man, what, whatever that underground word of mouth is happening, we're, we're, it's way too much pickleball. Like I saw it on all these shows and now I'm seeing it in real life. I'm like, what is, what is this like big pickleball, like big pharma, like big pickleball has paid off all these like cool people to play pickleball. You're not going to get me folks. I'm never going to play pickleball. That's a so bad. It's good promise from me to you. Um, I don't know. It just feels very disjointed, this show, but it's still fun to wait, you know, talk about, laugh about, and that's what we're going to do today. So, um, <laughs> so we start, uh, 
we start off with uh, a, an original song, and the original song has has the lyrics of all of the places, all of the faces hiding away from everyone. Who knows? <laughs> all of the places, all of the faces hiding away from everyone. Who knows? Amazing. I love when they do original songs on this because most people don't pay attention. Most people are just like, oh, it's like a funky beat. Okay, uh, let's get to the scene. I'm like, all of the, I'm like writing it down, rewinding. What is, okay, all of the faces hiding away from everyone. Like, do you think any of these musical artists are like, oh my God, I just wrote something that's pretty damn good. And they're like, we can sell it to Vanderpump Rules for $10. Okay, I'll take it. Um, we start off the first scene with Lala and Randall and, uh, you know, Randall is kissing all over the baby. We now know that Randall and Lala are no longer and they're like, close your eyes, baby, close your eyes. And Randall is like, which is just an alarming sight to see. Now, Randall comes off super charming, but remember, if you look back into Randall's history, Randall even hooked up with Lindsay Lohan and Lindsay even talked about it. Like he was married at the time. But Randall was flying Lindsay on private jets and stuff like that. And I'm telling you, money is an insane aphrodisiac. I've never got to experience the power of it yet. But from what I see, it, it can really help you with the ladies or the dudes, you know? So my recommendation is for everybody to get a lot of money if you're having a hard time dating. Because it seems like Randall, all he does is just throw money throw money and he he's like super confident that's a deadly combination like we all like laugh like oh randall has no chin randall needs to get a chin but randall didn't give a fuck randall's like i will pay you to like you know get with me like he i i'm telling you that's like a it's an interesting combination that he gets by on this kind of like oh he looks kind of dorky so he must be dorky when like i think he's like a secret killer you know like he's, he, he's potentially a sociopath that knows how to play the game. So we will see what happens between him and uh, Lala. He supposedly went out with Jax the other night uh, to have like bro time, which is that's who you want to talk to to get back your woman. Jax is like, well, you know what I did? Uh, <laughs> I got her pregnant and I married her and that's uh, happily ever after. <laughs> Um, Lala's like, oh, our baby's a diva baby. Oh, our baby's a diva baby. And then Lala goes, you know what I do, Ran? I take her out in the sun when she won't close her eyes. And I take her out in the sun and I put her up to the sunlight. <laughs> and then she closes her eyes. <laughs> and he's like, what? What do you do? You burn her eyes off? And she's like, no, no, no. Because you can tell. She's like, oh, I'm learning that it feels nice to close my eyes when there's a bright, hot sun in my eyes. And Lala Natanya goes, oh, our baby feels like she's missing out on everything. You know, she feels she's a lot like Randall, her father, where, you know, it's like, girl, nothing is happening. Go to sleep. I promise. Which is, you know, kind of a funny thing to say, but also a very dark thing to say, because Randall is one of those guys that keeps going. Like, that's what he got busted for in Nashville was after hours partying with young girls, you know. The guy probably doesn't know how to read, doesn't know how to crack a good book. The guy's never opened a John Grisham or a Michael Crichton, does not know the joy of a Stephen King novel. The guy the guy only reads young women. That's what he reads. So uh, Randall 
uh, Randall's talking like, hey, babe, I missed like this guy's thing the other night. So I'm going to do like a guy's poker night. And uh, it's called Unlimited Reentry because they call me Re by Rand, which is like re up, you know, keep gambling. And he's like, I'm going to invite Brock. You know, I don't want to leave him out. And Lala said, you know, I had a conversation with Brock the other night, uh, Rand, that was very weird, and he spewed a lot of things, and it came out that his baby mama put a restraining order on him. Also, it's 2021. Can we stop saying baby daddy and baby mommy and baby? Like, can we just say, like, the previous father or the pre baby daddy and baby mom? Like, what are we? What are we, like a 2007 comedy? Like, what? this is, a, you know... Come on, we've moved past, baby. That's it. Lala talks in, like, Wayans Brother movie dialogue. You know, she talks like white chicks, or she talks like scary movies. Like, she talks in that kind of, like, 2006, 2007 kind of summer romp where it's like, yo, what are you doing here, homie? Like, that's how Lala speaks. So, uh, Lala tells Rand this. We go to a new scene, and Katie is talking to Schwartz, and Katie's like, why are we shrugging off domestic violence, Bubba? And Schwartz is like, uh, he might have, like, brushed over it. I don't, uh, I don't know. Um, you know, uh. And then we go to DJ James Kennedy's apartment with Raquel, and DJ James Kennedy, he's like, oh, Brock, Brock was all like, don't talk about my family, don't talk about my kids. And he's making these, like, really... I got to tell you, when DJ James Kennedy imitates one of the cast members, it's really one of the simple joys in life. I love it so much. He is so just dorky and funny and goes for the jugular. He's like, he's like, Brock was all like, don't talk about my kids, don't talk about my kids. And Raquel is just, Raquel is always just, I mean, she truly is Bambi in the sense that she's just like a beautiful, sprightly creature that is just watching. Like, I want to know what goes through her head when she watches DJ James Kennedy and his antics. Like, what is going on? And uh, Rachel's like, okay, and by the way, I took a lot of the notes. I'm not going to do the strong Raquel voice, which is like, what up? My name's Raquel. I'm not going to do that anymore. People ask me to go back to the shaky voice. Now, Raquel, if you're listening, you know how much I love you. I respect you. I think you have great inner strength and beauty, but I'm going to do this for a cheap laugh. Okay? So Raquel goes, clearly their life isn't how they portray on their YouTube series with Brock and Sheena. And DJ James Kitty's like, seriously, yeah. And then we go to a new scene and we see Sheena and Brock filming uh, one of their little YouTube videos. This is like a total fake scene. I bet this never made it to air. And she's like, let's make apple pie, French and Dutch. And he's like, <laughs> he goes, it's cooking with Brock. It's cooking with Brock. And they're they're going like, hey, you put the flour in the dough and you put the unfiltered cubed butter. And Sheena's like, we use these vlogs to show a deeper version of ourselves. Um, and I, it's to show that Brock is so much more than he ever he comes off to be. Can you imagine ever using YouTube to show off the real you? You're like, I don't feel like people know the real me. You know what I should do? I should vlog. I think that's I think that's where it really is. 
I'm going to take my loved one, the person I love the most, that I've let uh, impregnate me, and we've had the child, and I'm going to put all of our scenarios on YouTube. And I'm going to start with baking apple pies. I'm Brooke. What's going on, you guys? Um, they uh, think they're very cute because they're using a champagne bottle as a rolling pin because their actual rolling pin is in San Diego. Like, these are the things, like, do we need that little detail? Is that detail cute to anybody? I don't know. Maybe I was in a bad mood when I watched it. Who knows? But Brock is even just like, yeah, my track record doesn't help my situation. I understand. And he's trying to be all, like, cutesy and like, oh, took it with Brock. Hey. You know? I don't know. Do you, by the way, you do guys have a lot of friends that are like vloggers and stuff. Do you trust them? Or are you like, man, that's weird, huh? Like at what age should we not be trusting vloggers? Is there like an age, like where you age out of vlogging? Like, I guess that there's no way. I mean, I'm still podcasting, so that I should not be talking at all. So we go back to a new scene. Lala says, uh, you know, I go over to Lisa's and uh, I, I uh, she was like, what are you concerned about, dear lady? And I told her, uh, Lisa, about the domestic violence charges. Um, and uh, Lisa was like, well, I hope Sheena would come to me. I hope she would be smart, clever girl. Uh, so we go to a new scene and Sheena and Brock are still talking. And Sheena, talking head, says, Brock has still has some work to do with Lisa and Brock says, yeah, I'll explain it to Lisa. I don't have anything to hide. <laughs> I feel like even like the accent started off bad when I first started this weeks and weeks ago. And it's somehow gotten worse. Like, what's going on? I'm Brock. I'm an Australian. Australian for beer. Sheena. And my friend, who's an actual Australian, gave me a couple words that uh, you guys heard a couple weeks ago. And I just I haven't I haven't put the time in. And when you don't put the time in, it's not going to sound good. <laughs> so we go back. We're at um, uh, the new restaurant that um, that Tom and Tom are opening up. Right. The new restaurant that has nothing to do with Lisa and Ken. So they're meeting their investor, Greg, at this place, and it looks like like, an, like a kind of a Mexican restaurant, and Schwartz and Sandoval walk in, and Schwartz is, you know, he's like, yeah, every time I walk in here, it's like, it's just such an optical illusion. It's like, what if you have the feeling drop down, and then it's like, you can come check out the host stand, and then, you know, you leave, and you come in, and then it opens up to this, and then he's all like Sandoval excited. And then uh, in a talking head, he's like, I've known Greg for a little while now. We met back when he owned the Belmont. And the Belmont is actually a really cool bar on La Cienega in Los Angeles. Good food, good drink, good hang. A lot of the Vanderpump people go there all the time. In fact, I've went there with Sandoval once because they have karaoke, I think, on Sunday nights. And Sandoval fucking loves karaoke. Like, in fact... Uh, if you guys are in LA and you're going to the hotel cafe show, Tom Sandoval has a new, I think it's like a new wave cover band and DJ James Kennedy's opening up. I'm going to be there on Sunday night, I believe. So if you're coming through, make sure you say hi. There will be a full report on so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey of the, uh, Sandoval's debut performance with his new band. Um, and, uh, I'm very excited to dance to Sandoval's the smooth sounds 
of Tom Sandoval. Um, so he's walking around with Greg and Schwartz. And I always think it's kind of funny because Schwartz just always looks like he's a deer in headlights. He just always looks like he's along for the ride. And I'm not like Schwartz. I find him really funny and stuff, but he never, he's like, whoa, yeah, let's Sandoval do the talk. He's like, he's always like, yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, and Sandoval's like, I'm talking big ideas. Let's do a light strip right here. I want colors, lights, dramas. Uh, I want on-corner seclusion. And then Sandoval in a talking head goes, a community interactive event. And then Greg's like, have you guys settled on a name? And Sandoval's like, we definitely have. And Schwartz is like, yeah, we have. And he's like, what is it? And like, Tom's like, Schwartz and Thandies. And Greg is like, okay, I know you can say it, Sandoval, but I want Schwartz to say it because he can't say it. And Greg goes, it sounds like Schwartz and Sandies is like a different kind of deli. Like I'll take a pastrami on rye. And Schwartz in a talking head goes, I'm definitely falling out of hate with it. I'll say that much. I have, I don't love it yet, but I'm definitely falling out of hate with it. And then Greg's like, guys, these are all hard dollars and cents. We need to make decisions. We're coming down to the wire and the downtime is coming out of our pocket. So I want you guys to convince me, give me a mission statement for this place. Make me want you, make me want to have you guys as partners. And Schwartz is like, yeah, we'll like have it in a week. Dude, you'll have it in a week. Why don't you have it the next day? What are, what, what is this, junior high? You'll have it in a week? You should have, what? How do you not have a mission state? This has to be BS. Have it in a week? Why don't we, like, knock it out over lunch? Let's, like, go get some food and just knock this out right now. Like, my God, it's a bar. New scene. James and Raquel. Uh, we, we walk in. Raquel is pushing her nose in a mirror. And she's like, I've always been insecure about my nose. And we cut to a scene where Raquel is telling Lisa about her nose job. And she's like, it kind of screwed up. There's like the bridge to the right and the tip to the left. The doctor prescribed these exercises for me to do 14 times a day. And Raquel is one of those people that, you know, like how people like uh, chiropractors or any kind of exercise people, anything, they'll be like, this is what I'd like you to do in the meantime. Every day I'm going to need you to uh, touch your toes and tickle your tummy and that's going to make you feel better. You won't do it. You'll be like, cool, doc. Uh, but Raquel's actually sitting there in front of the mirror, touching her, you know, doing her her no <laughs> doing her nose exercises like a pro, like a champ. And... um DJ James Kennedy comes in with weights and a, his shirt off. And he's like, look at me. All right, top man. And uh, she's like, look at you. And he's like, you look good in these little dresses. Because she's like, you know, putting away clothes. And uh, DJ James Kennedy's like, so I spoke to Max, Lisa Vanderpump's son, and we're all good. Because remember, they got into a fight and he gifted him like a video game uh, machine thing. And so now they're good. This is ridiculous. I don't ever want to be told they're good. I want to see it. The fact that we didn't get to see them be okay with each other is really ridiculous and i think that's a huge failure on part of this show all we get is this flashback to max talking to lisa his mom where she's like so you want to be friends with him and he's like yeah why not like that's what we get it's like oh 
okay, cool. Well, you made this kind of like a plot line for a couple of episodes and now everybody just tells us you've made up, but we don't see it. That's weird. Okay, I guess I should just look at a bright, shiny object over here. And DJ's like, DJ JK's like, but Raquel, I know my mood gets in the way. I know my bad mood gets in the way sometimes, you know, and I don't want that to happen. And Raquel's like, would you be open to going to AA? And he's like, oh, come on, I still smoke weed. I'm not 100% sober. If I can't have a drink, I don't want to be super sober all the time. You know, marijuana is legal in California. And, you know, it puts me right down to neutral. He's in a talking net head now. And he goes, I'm stoned right now. Can't you tell? And he goes, ho, 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 ho. And he does like this hyena laugh. I'm telling you, this guy is wild, man. This guy's a maniac. He's just damn charming in a weird, annoying little brother way. You know what I'm saying? And Raquel goes, what if you did boxing or meditations? And uh, <laughs> and then she holds up like this, this dress. He's like, what do you think of the gold one? And he goes, if it's short and tight, you look really good. I want to see your puss, Raquel. Hey. <laughs> I pray to God Raquel never listens to this. I genuinely like Raquel, so it's it's pain. But like, guys, like DJ James Kennedy's very charming. But I genuinely also want to see like some of the things that comes out of his mouth, it even shocks me. And Raquel is like the ultimate good girl that I genuinely believe is good. So I'm like, what is it? Like what is I don't think she's using him. I don't think Man, love is a wild thing, right? Like, ne we never know w what we're going to love about somebody, right? Like, I, I truly want to understand. Like, I, I like them both individually, but I'm like, how do they work as a couple, you know? So, new scene. We're at Tom Tom. Um, uh, you know, Lisa comes in. She's wearing, like, a big mask uh, that says Sir on it. Like, almost too much. She looks like the Joker, He's like, ha, ha, ha. Uh, Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval come in with Richardson. He's the manager with Lisa. They're all sitting there. Tom and Tom are both dressed alike. Um, and Sandoval has a talking head. And he's like, we've saved. No, <laughs> Sandoval has a talking head. He's like, we saved money. You know, me and Schwartz, we saved money together. We've wasted money together. We dress like each other. And there's a flashback to them, like, dressing like each other. By the way, these flashbacks, it's getting, like, I, I understand the show. I've watched it. Like, I mean, I don't know what we're doing these flashbacks for. It's, like, is it just visual stimulation? I know that's the, the medium. But, like, come on, man. We got, like, let's let's put some more dialogue into this thing. I don't just need flashbacks of seven seasons of them dressing like each other. And, you know, we get the line of like, we're the Toms. It's part of the Tom experience to dress like each other. And Lisa says, when I called you today, you were with your new business partner. Do you have any questions? Ken is here and Ken very much knows how to run a bar. And then Ken like literally gets like he's like wheeled out or something. He's like, oh. I'm worried about you losing your house, putting in all of your money. Uh, you know, he just he's seen better days. Like, I'm not saying like he's just seen better days. And Lisa in a talking head goes, um, 
kin know so much about the money and the bar. And Ken goes, how long is your lease? And Sandoval goes, uh, I think like a couple of years. Like, this, guys, this has to be a joke, right? Like, come on, you know your lease. I even know my, like, I'm a fucking dummy and I know things like this, you know? And then, like, you know, Ken's like, what, what, what do you own if it doesn't work out? And Sandoval's like, we own the name and the concept. But they don't even know what the concept is, you guys. And they barely know that the name is Schwartz and Sandy's. And, you know, Schwartz is like, you know, our concept isn't crystallized. It's almost there yet. And Sandoval in a talking head goes, I know Letha is concerned about us getting over our head. But you know what? Sometimes you got to get in over your head to go to the next level. And Lisa says, you guys never give us the straight answer. The skinny. And Schwartz says, um, Schwartz like, uh, Ken points out, he's like, you're, you're wearing flip-flops with your suit. And we do see that he's in a full suit with flip-flops. And Schwartz's excuse for this is, uh, I've got Morton's toe, where my second toe is bigger than my first toe. <laughs> and then Lisa's like, I just saw you put your hands on your feet and then your hands on your... Dear boy, I just put you, watch you put your hands on your feet and then your hands in your mouth. And Schwartz is like, oops, <laughs> would you like to give me a pedicure, Lisa? Which I was like, oh, no, that means we're going to get a stupid pedicure scene. And God, we do get that, you know, fair warning. Um, new scene. We're over at Ariana and Tom's. Jesse Montana, who also works at Sir, he's been on the pod before and we've seen him a lot. He's cutting Tom's hair. He's like, look at you, look at you. And Ariana says, Tom gets his hair cut every two weeks. Now, he used to get it every 10 days. He does his hair more than I wash my hair. And I'm just like, man, Tom, like, honestly, how... I mean, I know they do good on the show, but the amount of just even lightsabers, Tom, like, have you seen Tom's Halloween costumes? Like where? And I, I used to wonder that all the time with all the costumes when they lived in that dinky apartment. Like, where the fuck did Tom keep all his, uh, his accoutrement? He seemed like he had something for every occasion. Like, where does he keep all that? I need to get in that garage. I need to get in. Logan, if you're listening, let me in their garage. I need to see the Tom Tom motorcycle, and I need to see all that Tom shit. Um, so Ariana says, uh, Lala texted me to help set up her liquor station for girls' night um, because she said, I know you're good with all things bartending. And Ariana's like, yeah, my last conversation with Lala wasn't the most productive. Um so uh, Tom says, well, how, how does Sheena feel about everything? You know, I haven't talked to Brock, but how does Sheena feel? And Tom says, um, you know, Lala is one to talk. Like, remember when she first started dating Randall and she lied to all of us about it? She's not one to talk about anybody's boyfriend or husband. And Ariana says, you know, my best friend is Sheena and we're in a, you know, uh, you know, me and Lala are in a good place. But if for some reason you know, her and Sheena fall out, then the pitchforks will come out. And I love Ariana because Ariana truly feels like she does give everybody a chance. But if you, if you fuck that up, she's going to take you down to Chinatown. You know what I'm saying? New scene. We're with James and Raquel. They're meeting a trainer, Robbie in the park to try boxing. And Tom says, 
I'm willing to do whatever it takes to put my angry energy into something else. I tried to furiously masturbate. It didn't work. And Raquel is, uh, you know, they're like, you know, Robbie's like, hey, Raquel, how are you? She's like, really good. And, um, you know, we see Raquel boxing and DJ James Kennedy's like, I'm surprised how good she is. She has such little wrists and she's hitting so hard. And then he's like, I don't fucking like boxing. It doesn't excite me. You know what I mean? If anything, it's making me more fucking angry. Hell. And then Robbie leaves. They're done. They sit. Uh, and she's like, it felt good to punch something. And Raquel, you got to know, like, deep down, like, that's like a shout out for, like, she wants to punch DJ James Kennedy. We don't see it on her face because you can't really read. Ra Raquel probably would be amazing at poker. You can't read what's going on behind there, you know? Now, Raquel something says something really dark here. She goes, you have this bad habit of saying things to hurt people. <laughs> My biggest fear is that you would say something to our kids to hurt their confidence. Now, that is heartbreaking, isn't it? Her biggest fear is that they get married, they have kids, and that DJ James Kennedy would say something to their kids to hurt their confidence. That, like, that hit me. There's always, like, one line from these reality shows that, like, really hit me, and I think it, like... You know, it has that like kind of emotional weight where it does give you those moments of reality because that's a real line. That's not planned. That's real. And I've, I've experienced that myself firsthand, you know, and the confidence of a kid, like you can't build that back up once it's gone. And that would be scary. Like, and just to even think that DJ James Kennedy does that accidentally, but he, you know, it's a very real thing. Um, and then Raquel's like, Lisa is going to take me to her doctor. I'm going to have to tell the doctor you bumped my nose. And so supposedly, you guys, a week after her nose cast was off for her thing, DJ James Kennedy went in for a very hard kiss and he bumped her nose and kind of like bent it a little bit. And that's why she you know, has to do all that stuff. And there's a flashback of DJ James Kennedy's like, come on, Raquel, please don't tell the doc. Please don't tell Lisa and the doctor. They're going to think something bad I did, you know. And James is like, come on, Raquel, right now you look beautiful. But if it goes wrong... It's going to be very hard for me to deal with. Physical attraction is important. Come on, let's be honest, Raquel. Like, so he's basically saying, you know how hot I think you are? Don't screw that up because I need to be physically attracted to you. Now we see them in a double talking head where they're both sitting down being interviewed. And he's like, I'm still rock hard when I look at her. <laughs> like, Jesus, James. Uh, okay, bro, you're rock hard when you look at Raquel. And then we go back to that scene. He's like, Raquel, I'm going to make it clear every time we talk not to screw up your looks. <laughs> we cut to Villa Rosa. Tom and Katie are there. This is the, uh, the, 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 you know, the pedicure scene. Tom is dressed like Matthew McConaughey on a beach. You know, he's always just like he has a headband for some reason, like an American Eagle Outfitters button up shirt, kind of like uh, like OP, like multicolored shorts. It's like a wild outfit. It's almost like he just like, you know, when you're in college and you just go into your like hamper of dirty clothes and you just like find the first shirt and the first pair of pants and you throw it on. And Katie's like, I haven't had a pedicure in over a year. 
And Lisa has state, like little station set up with wine. Schwartz is getting his done. Lisa's going to get hers done. She's like, my life is coming back to me now. Uh, and Schwartz is like, I want to feed you grapes right now, Lisa. That's what it looks like. I need to feed you grapes. Lisa in a talking head says, you know, uh, Tom Tom is back open and we need to change the cocktail menu and the food. And we need to make it simpler. And Nicolaine does the lighting of Tom Tom. But she's basically saying we, we need to get our menu, cut it down, make it simple, put in a couple new drinks. Um... And she's going to have Sandoval and Schwartz each make a new drink for the bar or like kind of compete for that. Total setup, whatever. So Schwartz is like, I already know what I want to pitch. And I'm like, yeah, Miller Lite or something like that. And Lisa says, not that I want to buy you out of Tom Tom Schwartz, but if you don't have the money for your new bar, I would be happy to buy you out of Tom Tom so you don't have to take money out of your house. And um, she's like, also, but like, know that I want you still in it. And Schwartz says, yeah, you know, a little trouble with the bank. They don't really think Macter is a, a job, a male, you know, a model actor. Um, you know, and Lisa's like, I hate that they're putting their house up, you know, and they want to start a baby. And, you know, it would be better to just double their money and give it back to them. And he's like, no, I appreciate that. But Tom Tom means the most to me. And then he goes, what does it mean to me, Bubba? And she's like, the most. <laughs> Tom Tom means the most to me. What does it mean to me, Bubba? The most. <laughs> and Lisa says, okay, remember we had this conversation. I never want to hear another peep. Like almost part of me thinks they're going to get Schwartz and Sandy's open. And then Lisa's going to burn it down. Like, it's going to mysteriously burn down, like some of Lisa's other restaurants. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the chair collapses on Schwartz because he's a big, gigantic goofball. Womp, womp. New scene, Lala and Randall's house. Ariana comes over early. Lala says, you know, everyone knows I hate hosting. I'm just not great at it. And you know why I think she's probably not great at it? Because Lala's more con like concerned for herself than others around her. You know what I'm saying? And I don't mean in terms of like caring as a friend. I mean, in terms of like making sure they're comfortable, getting them a drink, making sure they're cozy. I feel like Lala takes care of that for herself first, which probably the first time, you know, I, I could be totally off base with this. The first time she's dealing with this is probably being a mother. And I think she is like, from what it looks like, a very good mother. So um, her housekeeper lady or assistant literally put bowls out that said, you know, with stick like post-it notes saying, put Pico in here and guac in here. And uh, Lala's like, yeah, I can't really tell all these ladies to bring white claws and Doritos. So I got to figure it out. And Ariana's like, I can't believe you invited me over. And she's like, why? Because you got mad at me at the last party. And she's like, and then Lala's like, hey, listen, I get mad all the time. I do that all the time. Like Lala is always the first to admit how out of whack she is. But I always feel like that's weird with those people because it never excuses the being out of the whack in the first place. You can't be like, oh, my God, I am such an asshole. I do it all the time and then just continue to be the asshole. Like if there's no forward momentum, why the fuck do we still want to be friends with you all the time? So um, Ariana, the talking head, says, OK, who knows with me and Lala? We planted the seed. Who knows if it's going to go and grow into a flower or not? But I'm open. Um, 
She also lets us know that Randall is hosting the guys' night poker and that uh, they call him Re, like uh, Randall Re, because Khloe Kardashian named him Re because he kept rebuying in a game with Khloe Kardashian, which you actually can see on Keeping Up with the Kardashians three seasons ago. You see Randall and Lala like very briefly in an episode. Uh, new scene, Randall and all the guys are coming back. I don't know where they are. It seems like some kind of downtown place, like a, an apartment or something. James, Brock, the Toms, uh, they all come in. Sandoval has a weird bowler hat on, like it's his poker outfit. Like, as I'm saying, like, it doesn't make sense to me, but Sandoval has a very clear vision for, like, everything. Like, there's no Old Navy for Sandoval, which that's a shame because Old Navy is amazing, as you know. Uh, also, Jesse Metcalf, the actor from Desperate Housewives and John Tucker Must Die and a lot of Lifetime movies now, he comes in. And I was like, damn, the stars are out tonight. Um, and then Sandoval's like, I'm sure Jeffy doesn't probably remember this, but 10 years ago, me and Kristen gave him a ride home from an after party at Coachella, which is just like, that's an, like, don't you want to see that scene? Wouldn't that be the best one act play ever? Sandoval, Kristen, and Jesse Metcalf in a car going back to Co from Coachella. Like, what do they talk about? Like, does Dodie, like, hit on him the whole time in front of Tom? Do they talk about the movie Drive at all? Like, what do they do? Um, so Schwartz says, um, Tom, you look like Oddjob from James Bond because of your bowler hat. And we find out that Randall lost $17,000 the last time he played against the Toms. Like, that's just stupid money. And Schwartz is like, we should do shots, you guys. I think anytime Schwartz goes out, he's looking for an opportunity to get plastered. Uh, we cut to Ariana setting up for the girls' night. Charlie and Raquel come in. Uh, Sheena's like, I'm hungry. Charlie's like, I brought my own food because I know that Lala isn't sympathetic to my food issues. And Sheena lets us know that the last time she was here was for Jackson and Brittany's engagement party. And she was wasted and had just bought a penguin for Adam. Remember that when she was in love with that busser Adam and uh, he, she gave him a, like a certificate for a penguin. And he was like, I don't even really like you. <laughs> so uh, she's like, Brock recently adopted me a koala and he had no clue about the penguin thing with Adam. And I was just like, yeah, Brock probably bought you a koala, like Brock, like you know, adopted you a koala and then left it behind just like he did with the kid. Don't, I'm sorry. That was an easy joke. Um, we cut to the guys playing No Limit Hold'em. We see Maria Ho. She's a professional poker player there. She's there to give the guys pointers. Uh, Tom uh, tries to let us know the rules of poker and he can't really explain it in the talking head. And Randall goes, Sandoval, you're one of the best actors I've ever seen. And Sandoval's like, that's cold blood is saying that in front of Jesse Metcalf. <laughs> and then Sandoval makes a joke about John Tucker must die, but um, uh, Jesse Metcalf doesn't seem to understand it, or maybe he just doesn't understand humor, so it goes over like a lead balloon. Schwartz is like, there's great highs and great lows in poker. I've lost a lot of money, and I've, like, Schwartz is one of those dudes that plays online poker. And, like, once again, everything makes sense. Like, Schwartz as a person makes sense in the weird, like, I know guys like Schwartz, you know? Randall is like, I'm just trying to break even at this point, you guys. Schwartz says, at this point, 
I won't even need a home equity loan if you keep losing as bad as you are right now. And then Randall's like, I don't want to play boys night for a very long time. He lost like five grand and all the other guys won. We go back to the girls. Ariana says um, uh, she's in the kitchen with Charlie getting her food prepared. And Ariana says hot sauce is just, oh, he goes, she says food is just a vehicle for hot sauce. And that is so true. I am a huge, if you guys know me, you know, I'm a huge condiment guy. And I feel like that is very relatable to me. You know, I love condiments and it's true. Like sometimes it's like the chip doesn't even matter. It's all about the salsa. It's just the vehicle for the salsa, you know, um, Sheena goes into the kitchen to talk with them. Lala's out there with Raquel and Katie and, uh, you know, talking more about the Brock situation. And Katie keeps like, saying, like, why? But why? But why? About, like, Brock. And Raquel in a talking head goes, why do we need to put Brock on trial again? And then Katie goes, I don't want to paint glitter and call it something else. Do you notice how Katie says, like, the weirdest sentences sometimes? Like, they're almost artistic, or they're almost trying to be artistic, but at the end of the day, you think about it, and you're like, what? Like, I don't want to take a candle and then burn out the sun. Like, like if you think you're like, that makes no sense. It sounds like it's like a poem, but it makes it like, I don't want to paint glitter and call it something else. Like, I feel like we could have done that a different way. Who knows? So uh, they want to get in the hot tub because it's a cool night. Raquel pulls Sheena aside and is like, they brought up Brock and it's not like you are, you know, you know, you guys have a baby together. So I wanted you to know. And um, Sheena's like, her whole concern is just like bullshit. And Raquel goes, 100. <laughs> she's uh, and uh, she's like she said she would stop i don't know what her obsession is with this they all get in the hot tub except for charlie and sheena sheena says you know i don't want to be in there uh, i the doctor's order says i can't be in a bathing suit <laughs> and uh sheena is um you know finally talking to lala about the brock thing and, uh, you know, Sheena's like, yeah, I did go home to Brock and yell at him and say, why did you tell that to Sheena? Why did you let her know about that? And Lala's like, I stand by the fact I am not coming for you, Sheena. I want you to trust my. Oh, no. Sheena goes, I want you to trust my judgment, Lala. I'm not going to have a baby with someone I don't trust as a person. Now, does any of us believe that? Like, I genuinely don't think I think I, I mean, I think Brock is probably not gonna completely hurt her but like do we i mean honestly do we trust sheena's judgment like honestly has nothing to do her kid's beautiful all that stuff um and then sheena's like why wasn't this a concern the first year we dated and lala's like i don't know she's like fine i don't care about that he has two kids randall has two kids when i found out you did have uh you know a dude with two kids i was excited you know because you know i'd finally have another stepmom to hang out with um but then you drop that he hasn't seen his kids in four years and charlie and ariana and she's like well charlie and ariana knew he hadn't seen his kids in four years and she's like i don't care what the fuck they knew um you know here you are pinning brock's issues on someone else you know, you're a victim in this. Your baby's a victim in this. And his kids are a victim in this. And you know what? She does have a point. 
but it's got to be really hard coming from somebody like Lala. You know, the messenger is sometimes very important in these situations. We're in a new scene at Villa Rosa. Lisa's setting a table. She loves to throw parties. And all the people are coming over to taste the two Tom's drinks. They come over, uh, you know, uh, and Tom Sandoval is just like has all of this stuff. He's putting it all out. And she's like, I could cook a four course meal for 10 people and make less of a mess. And they're only doing two cocktails. Brock and Sheena comes in and Brock is like, Wow, wow, this is a crazy place. Woo, look at this. Like, you can tell he's really taken aback. He's like, this is a villa. He, and he's a pot of gold. Um, he's very impressed. And uh, Brock says, can I have a word with you, Lisa? And he's like, really click, quick to clear the air. Um He's like, I have a history. I'm an open book. I've learned from all the mistakes I made. <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Lala on a talking head says he displays something horrific and tries to put a bow on it. And I don't like to see the bow. Um we find out Schwartz is making like a fresh basil watermelon margarita. There's like huge pieces of watermelon and it kind of looks good. Uh, Tom has like, ha like smoke in his and Katie's like, I don't see any smoke. And then she's like, it smells like campfire in a really good way. Uh, we go back to Brock and Lisa and he's like, the person me today, it was not who I was 10 years ago. I tried to have a small talk with Lola and he's, you know, it's not like me kicking in the door. There's one time I just slapped her. Like, I was like, I didn't kick in the door. I slapped her, you know, and Lisa's like, so you have a restraining order. He's like, not from that. That's two years ago with her old man. Once we got pregnant again, something like that. And um, it's like, she took my kids away from me and we went to court when I left for when I left for here to make my dream come true, to make my family's life better. And this is what I'm saying. Like, which family? Like, you left your family behind. Like, you're not sending money. So which family? Like, is it your personal family? Like, the one you grew up with? Um, he's like, I deserve, you know, and he's like, I, I figured I don't deserve nothing, you know, because I left him. And that's why I don't talk to him because his stepdad, they take care of him. He's like their real dad. He's like, I'm not entitled to any of these feelings because my kids are the ones missing out on this. And he's like, he's like fully crying. Lisa in the talking head. He's like, I desperately want this to be okay because I love Sheena. But what I hear, the facts I'm hearing, it's very alarming. And then Brock is like, she makes me a better person. <laughs> Lisa goes, but that's not her job, is it? Brock is crying and Lisa goes, real men cry. And she looks extremely bored when she says it. She's like, real men cry. We're in a new scene. Lisa comes back in from that conversation. It's like, give me the fucking strongest drink ever right now. Um, and uh, Lisa sees Sandoval's drink and she's like, sexy, very sexy, very sexy drink. And uh, is it hard to make, Tom? He's like, not really. It's pretty easy to make. And she's like, then why do you have this shit everywhere? You know, we see all the products that he put in it. Uh, they sit down to eat. The food is pretty. Um, 
You know, and Lisa's like, so everyone remembers what was on the menu last year before we closed down. And Tom Sandoval's kind of making fun of her because she's a little drunk. And Lisa's like, the watermelon margarita of Schwartz's is definitely going on the menu. And Tom is like, Lisa, what about my whiskey drink? And she's like, no. <laughs> and Katie, you can tell, is like happy about that. And Lisa goes, Lala, you're so very quiet over there. And she goes, I just feel awkward, Lisa. And Lisa, you know, Lisa goes, try not to look at you at all. I don't know what Lisa says right there. And Lala's like, you know, we just had a girls' night last night, and I came to Sheena with concerns about you and, and Brock about you. And, you know, it got twisted once again. And Sheena talking to it says, why can't Lala let me live in peace? We haven't had the most solid friendship over the last couple of years. And Tom says, you know, let me, Lala, let me ask something, you know. And then Lisa goes, no. And then Tom goes, give me a fucking second here, which is like, damn, you know. And Lisa goes, don't you talk at me like that. Say you're sorry to me right now. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And Lala says, I'm a good fucking person. And I stand by that. And you're a dangerous person to Brock. And Sheena says, I want to hear what Tom Sandoval has to say. And Tom says, well, Lala, when you first started dating Randall and Lala goes, what you're not going to do is talk about my fiance right now. My man is a stand-up man that takes care of his... And it's just so sad that this is airing during this week when it's like your man is a stand-up man that, like, you know, cheats on you publicly. And Brock says, um, you know, you're playing the victim here, mate. Um, and uh, he goes, if I came to you, Lala, and I heard 10 years ago you did some shit and brought it up to other people, and Lala... No, sorry, that was Tom. Tom goes... Lala, if I came to you 10 years ago and had done some shit and brought it up to other people, you would not like it. And and Lala goes, what the fuck are you talking about? And then Katie, artist Katie goes, are you punking us right now or are you just being a punk? Which one is it? Like, I like it. It's like Clint, Katie, like Katie Eastwood, Clint, Clint, Katie, Clint Eastwood. Are you punking us right now? Or are you just being a punk? Which one is it? Like, where? who who even comes up with that? Are you punking us right now? Or are you just being a punk? Which one is it? Your choice. My name's Katie. Uh, Lala says, I don't feel like we mesh well as friends. Brock, it's up to you. I'm going to call it a night. Sandoval, I hope you got your demons out. <laughs> Sandoval. You know, Sandoval goes, well, you know, when you hold things in, it, you know, it, it bottles up, you know. And Lisa goes after Lala, who's crying. She's like, I'm worried for her. She has a baby with this guy. I voiced my concern. It backfired. They're trying to make me a villain. How is this happening? And then we go back to dinner and Sheena's like, that was fun. And then we're like, next time on Vanderpump Rules, we see Schwartz and Sandoval. I think they're on mushrooms, it looks like. And they're trying to find their mission statement. Uh, Ariana and Lala are talking and Lala's like, your guy seems like she has, he has a thing with attacking women. And then we have Lala and Sandoval having their conversation. So that is tonight, you guys. And that is the end of this very long episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Um, thank you. 
for whoever's still with me, thank you for, for sticking with me. Thank you for allowing me to do this for you. Um, and uh, I hope you guys have fun when you listen. And I will talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Bye, guys. Betches.